0: Bye. And welcome to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, it's me and Alex, of course, always. But once again, for our 90s goings-ons around here, we've invited another guest, another another third wheel into our bedroom, into our domicile. We have Jim from Drink a Beer and Play a Game. Jim, welcome once again. Oh, by the way, before you say anything, Jim, Alex has to say yo. Yo. There he is. And Jim, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm happy to be in the bedroom. I didn't expect to be tied up, but I'm here, so I guess I'm stuck. <laughs> we, well, we were afraid you would leave, and um, this is what you get. Yeah, just for...
2: ignore the ignore the taser and
0: the pepper spray over there, and just <laughs> just just roll with it.
1: I'm just going to pretend to not enjoy this the whole time.
0: <laughs> really, you're just tied up while uh, while Alex plays trombone champ at full volume. Um, that's actually as torturous as it gets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess we should start this, though. I, I feel like we've been lazy about this, Trev. But we should we should go into uh, at least a little bit of, of what we were actually doing in 1997, right? Um, any anybody want to start?
1: Jim, you're the guest. Take it away. What was 1997 like for you? 97. All right, I was 11 at the time. So it was a lot of, uh, wrestling. I was a WWF kid. I know you guys were WCW Mm. guys, but I was a big WWF kid. Um, I wasn't really big into sports yet. Like I would watch when like say the Flyers went to the finals and stuff like that or with my parents, Mm. but I wasn't like deep into it yet. So it was all N64 and all wrestling at that point. I'd be like sitting in my basement for hours just making, uh, Full on, like Titan Tron setups out of like random Lego containers and all my other toys <laughs> to beat the crowd and just uh, putting on these like pay per views for myself. Using uh, that's awesome, using yeah. WWF Raw into Genesis for the entrance music for when I could.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's, the best fantastic. Life. that's yeah, that's good. yeah, that sounds fun. I want to do that right now. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, for me, I was just a year older, I was 12 in 1997. I'd hidden that, you know, I was in that kind of Seventh grade, in between adolescent middle school stage, where um, I wasn't comfortable with any part of my body, so I just wore a ton of baggy clothes, which was that which was the style at the time.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say you lucked out because that was in. <laughs> like, I don't think I had a single t-shirt that wasn't
0: like size XXL. Seriously, I was just looking at some pictures of me from uh, around that time. A couple of weeks ago, and was like, "Was I just wearing parachutes? Like, where did we get all of this? <laughs> was there not? Was there? There must have been a fabric shortage at some point in the '90s, thanks to all the fads." But uh, yeah, I, I remember um, being real into WCW and wrestling being like the biggest thing I was into. I think sports in general had taken a, a back seat, but wrestling was was all the rage among me and my friends. And I don't even remember m- music that I was into. I think I was just still listening to what I listen to today, which is anything that came out in 1994.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm so. stuck in a rut, Joe. I don't think I've listened to any new acts <laughs> since like 2010, I don't think. I'm looking through my iPod. I'm like, wow, I'm out of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Even the newer music that I'm listening to is from bands from like the 80s. So yeah, <laughs> it's pretty typical. Um, I was 15 in 97, and this was a pretty bad year for me personally. We had to move. Um, I had to switch schools, and I really liked where I was. I was um, in, in in a good spot at my old school because I was uh, I was the kid that got along with a lot of different groups of people. I got along with the nerds. I got along with the jocks. I got along with the video game dudes. I got along with the metal crowd because I played guitar. I go from that and that I went from like a blue collar type town of only about 20,000 people and, you know, a regular sized uh, high school class to a huge booming suburb on the far east side of town. That was, my class was about 350 people, 360, something like that. And yeah, that sucked. That was not fun. But um, in the meantime, I was, uh, uh, Yeah, I was I was big into guitar. I was big into Slayer and like all like as extreme of death metals. I could find like Napalm Death and Carcass and Fear Factory and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was I was I was super, super serious about everything. (laughs) Uh, Serious as a heart attack, as Ross Perot would say, Uh, just just I, I could I could not get over myself. I was pathologically incapable of getting over myself. Um, yeah, bad times, not good times, but bad times, but 97 was a great year for a lot of different things. Um, and we have to start since we're coming off the heels of a very wrestling heavy podcast' we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get the wrestling out of the way right away quickly so you can skip ahead if you don't care. <laughs> but the infamous Montreal screw job happened in November of 1997 at Survivor Series and I want to lay out some context for for people of what was happening. Uh back in, the year previous uh Brett the Hitman Hart uh was was like the face of the WWF. Like he was like the big baby face, the champion. He he had a like a sterling reputation um he uh dropped the title the w the wwf title to Shawn michaels and then he went away on hiatus for like several months he came back and said he signed a 10-year contract for like a ton of money because they wwf couldn't afford to lose him to wcw mm-hmm. so what ended up happening is wcw wwf kept losing money and they kept getting their asses kicked in the ratings so brett is like or Vince I should say goes to Brett and says we can't afford to pay you any of this so you're gonna we're gonna have to cut you loose. but the problem with that is in the meantime Brett was champion mm. so you can't just have your guy leave take the belt to the other show and be like hey i'm the I'm the other company's champion. And they—they they, they it would be a joke. They would look pathetic. Like the Monday Night Wars would be over, <laughs> yeah. like, and WCW would win. But um, yeah. So, so what that what Vince proposed, which is still the most confusing part of this whole thing, is that he he wanted he insisted on Brett dropping the title back to Shawn Michaels, like he did the, the year previous. I don't know why, and Brett like hated this idea to the point that he refused to do it. He's like, "I'm not. I'll drop it to Undertaker. I'll drop it to Kane. I'll drop it to whoever, but not Shawn Michaels." And he, then he adds the caveat, "Not in my home country mm-hmm. of Canada," because the pay per view that was this was supposed to happen at was in Montreal uh Canada and it's like since when is that a thing like who cares like <laughs> has anybody from the United States ever been like I'm not dropping the title in Pittsburgh or whatever it's it's ridiculous but um but yeah uh that that lays out the context so once what ends up happening is that nobody can come to an agreement so Vince decides to tell Brett one thing that's going to happen in the match and he decides to tell the referee, Earl Hebner, and Shawn Michaels another thing. So what ends up happening is a very real thing. Uh, Brett is gets put in a submission hold, the sharpshooter. Vince goes over to the timekeeper and says, ring the fucking bell, his words. <laughs> and Brett realizes what just happened. It's like, okay, we got the title off you. Now you can go to WCW forever and we don't care. You're done. It was like so shocking and weird and out of nowhere. And I just want to know your guys' reaction to this. And if you thought it was a work, if you thought it was real, like what, what were, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, what do you call it? You're missing one real key piece of backstory as well. Brett and Sean in real life fucking hated each other. Oh. They-
2: excellent, excellent point. Yes, they fought backstage, like legit fights had to be broken up. Those guys were oil and water; they hated each other.
1: Great point. Yeah, like they were like taking all these pop shots at each other, even during like promos during the show. Sean had his infamous Sunny Days line where he was implying That's Brett right. was having his affair, even though I think Sean was the one who was actually banging her. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just such a blood feud at the time. So like, yeah, Brett was refusing to drop it to Sean in, in general. And then he's also such a mark for wrestling in general that he's like, oh, I can't do it in my hometown to this guy. So, like, it was just everything. And to your point about whether it's, like, real or fake, like, for years, it was kind of like, yeah, like, that was definitely real. And then as, like, time's gone on, everyone's kind of implied without directly saying it that it was yeah. a work. So, like, they were kind of just like, uh, like, you know, if you ask Cornette, he, like, you know, he took credit partially for it. And it was like fuck it, screw the guy over, or double-cross him. I think that was his exact words when they were at, like, a writer's meeting trying to figure out what to do. But then, yeah, like, everyone's kind of just like, yeah, then we had this idea to make it as, like, you know, ridiculous as possible. So, I don't know. For all I know, it might be a work, maybe, but it could be what you said. Maybe Vince had plans and then screwed him over at the end. It's, it's like, the most interesting thing that, like, we might not ever have a true answer to.
2: Yeah, yeah. Trev, did you re, were you paying attention to WWF at the time? Were you and were you since you were a WCW guy, were you aware that all of a sudden, holy crap, now Bret Hart just fell into our
1: laps?
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I was a huge Bret Hart fan uh before I kind of, you know, the WCW kind of won me over. Um, and was still a Bret Hart fan, but I just didn't watch the WWF. I kind of kept tabs on Bret through like people at school, you know. I didn't mm-hmm. didn't have enough TV bandwidth to soak in all the wrestling. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I remember hearing about it and didn't really understand all of the, the sides and the, everything that had happened. And it wasn't actually until much later when, you know, YouTube was available to us that I could kind of go back and watch it on my own and be like, oh, that looks shady as hell. Uh, I am aware that to this yeah. day, like even as of like this year if it was, you know, fake, uh, Bret Hart doesn't know it. <laughs> he still seems very upset <laughs> by it. So, um, yeah, I think I, I can kind of see Brett's pride with, uh, you know, I think Canada always kind of plays an underdog when they're associated with the U.S. So I could kind of see him taking some pride and not wanting to, to lose to a guy he hates in front of. His, uh, yeah. his country's fans, but, um, that, that's the, that's kind of like the part of me that feels like that's what he's most upset about. Like, if this has happened, it happened in Texas, uh, I, I don't <laughs> think it's that big of a deal, but is there something about like, it's almost
1: like we invaded his country that makes him so pissed about the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> um, it was actually kind of like the best work he ever did in WWF too. Like his run yes. is that Canadian, like mm-hmm. nationalist almost. And like, it's funny where he's the hero in American, the hero in Canada that kind of playoff, but like his promos were just fire for once. Like he was a great baby face, but you know, the promos are what they are. He just had like straight vitriol coming out. Like he was just mm-hmm. airing yeah. all his frustrations and looked like he was actually having some fun while being miserable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was a crazy time it, that was when you had to watch both shows or at least i did like monday night uh, like do not bother me on monday nights like <laughs> i i have to watch both shows i got the remote going uh yeah that was such a great time i got my Sunny d um, i got my cracker
0: jacks <laughs> I'm
2: ready to go <laughs> what are you in 1961 or something i don't know Sunny I, d and crack i was actually trying. these guys peanut like, brittle I was like, dude, you got you you got to have your uh, your gushers and your Kool Aid right. and your. your I really the ball on that.
0: I was like, what's a what's a 1997 like? What's a good pay per view snack tray for that time period? I had no <laughs> idea. I could. Pizza remember. rolls, yeah, pizza rolls, yeah. Or I, I mean,
2: pizza rolls are still popular, but it, that that was the go to
0: back then. I would just go get ham out of the fridge and just eat it with my hands because. Uh, <laughs> Why
2: not? You know, oh, the old loser sandwich. I did that all the time when I first moved out. It's Heck just yeah. a piece of bologna or a piece of ham in your hand. And <laughs> yeah. that's it. Little hand sandwich. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw this out there regarding the whole screwjob situation. I think that Brett knew he had to had to leave. He knew that he, uh, the money just wasn't there. He had to move on. I think Vince... I, this is the only thing that makes sense to me. I think Vince saw an opportunity to do something crazy um because the one important point is that the wwf was getting their ass beat regularly by wcw in the ratings like wcw is all anybody was talking about wwf all they had was the canada versus u.s feud and they had steve austin who was red hot but but i get the feeling that vince needed something absolutely crazy to happen and if he needed to sacrifice bret hart to do it then he did because what happened after was almost like perfect like the way things fell into place after that like you would think the, it's like holy crap WCW has bret hart this is over but no that vince embraced the role of being this like evil overlord and they did the slow burn to Austin winning the title, and Vince doesn't want him as champion. And they played that perfectly, so perfectly, in fact, that it, it wouldn't have been possible if if not for that whole situation that went down. So I'm kind of a, of I – I don't think it's a conspiracy. I don't think it's a work, but I think Vince saw opportunity there and decided to just turn the volume up to 11 and just, like, go nuts with it and just, like, fuck it. I'm just going to just – do whatever I'm I'm going to screw this guy over and then I'm just going to lean into it and I don't know I could talk about that for for hours I'm fascinated <laughs> by that whole situation it's
0: great I could see the chaos angle that seems I, I, that's a good rationale just They were to,
2: desperate. Like yeah. they the year before WWF they were there were whispers of bankruptcy in the air. Like they they were like their one of their biggest stars was Gold Dust. Yeah. Like they were struggling. 95
1: they and 96 were, were real bad for WWF. And the year like they they lost what was it? 82 weeks in a row. I think it was when they lost to Nitro. That's right. Yeah, that's when that was a thing,
2: the the streak. And then I think it was finally when um Vince challenged Austin to a match. Uh, and Austin had to have like one arm tied behind his back or something ridiculous like that. That was the first like segment that WWF finally beat WCW in like almost two over two years or something like that. I thought it was and, when, what do uh, you call it?
1: I thought it was when Mankind won the title because, because it was when it was still pre-taped. Oh, it so, might have so been that, yeah. When. Oh, by the way, Mick Foley wins the title tonight. No one cares about that. Or no, Shivani went. That'll put asses into seats. That was that famous oh, line. Yeah,
2: he said that sarcastically. Yeah, uh-huh. And I was like, really cool. I was like really excited.
1: It's crazy to think about at the time. Like the Rock and Stone Cold were in the mid card back then. Like just the amount of talent they had going on that was coming up.
2: They're they're (laughs) they're fighting over the IC title. (laughs) Triple H was still Shawn Michaels' lackey. Like it's just a completely different landscape. It's
0: fascinating. Oh yeah. All right. So if we screw jobbed. Are we
1: ready for, uh, to take yeah, it back to Alex on, with yeah, sports? I,
2: I, I could keep going, but let's move yeah, on.
1: I, I think Alex and I could go back and forth for like hours on this, so <laughs> we should cut it off now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll, and then I'll end up Earl Hebnering it and declaring one of you victor if <laughs> you won't like it. So, uh, Elway. wish I had a
2: bell I could start
0: ringing. <laughs> uh, Elway finally wins, uh, wins the old Super Bowl there. That's a big deal. Yep. The Broncos. Thanks to Terrell
2: Davis. Yeah. And, man. or uh, Terrell Davis, rather. And, uh, yeah, they beat the Packers, so I was really happy about that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of ninety seven, I had a Terrell Davis jersey for some reason. Wasn't nice. even a Broncos fan. I think I just that was when jerseys were really popular among my age group. Like it seemed like everybody just wore one to school. And that was like the only one that we could afford. It was like on clearance. I was like, Yeah, let's just get it. I'll just be a Terrell Davis fan, I guess. That seems cool. So I'm so glad you brought that up because
2: my family did the same thing when we went to uh remember Sportmart? No, like I think they're no. I think it turned into Dick's Sporting Goods.
0: Oh, I do know that. I but know um,
2: yeah. the, Sport Sportmart was a sporting goods uh, chain in the Midwest, and um, they carried tons and tons and tons of basketball jerseys, hockey sweaters, uh, baseball jerseys, football jerseys. <clears throat> but I would always peruse the um, clearance rack because I knew my parents wouldn't shell at the dough. For like a, a really nice jersey for like a really popular player, I ended up getting a, a Tim Hardaway Golden State Warriors jersey <laughs> that was too small for me, Aww. but I was so happy to have it. I, I wore it every time I played basketball in the driveway. I was just—I did not get, care one iota about Tim Hardaway <laughs> or about the Golden State Warriors, but I was just really happy to have that jersey because it made me feel like a real player, man. Yep, that's
0: funny. That is funny. Ugh. it's funny that
2: you did the same. Yeah. Thing. Yeah.
0: And my guy, I think as soon as I got his jersey, he blew out his knee and his career was over. But uh, uh,
2: uh, yeah, that's sad.
0: Uh, that sad happens. But that was a good run for Elway and then the Marlins uh, winning the World Series. I remember this being a pretty awesome World Series, kind of against what everyone thought it would be because I'm pretty sure the Indians were stacked. Yes. And the Marlins That was the
2: Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomy. uh <laughs> I think I think Carlos Bayergo was still on it. Like uh, maybe Roberto Alomar might have been there, but yeah, they were they were loaded. And the Marlins were like this hodgepodge of one year contracts, like free agents. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Gary Sheffield, That's when they had like Bobby
1: Bonilla and Moises Alou and Gary Sheffield uh, and Darren Dalton when he had like no knees left, <laughs> but he was still playing catcher.
2: But he still had the hair. Yeah, he still had that glorious mullet. Yeah, that was. I hated that Marlins team because they they basically just bought a World Series. They just got a bunch of random like mercenary type players, and they ended up winning. Like Al Leiter was was on that team. Like, and then like immediately after that season, they all left. Like every single mm -hmm. guy left, and that just made me even more mad. Wasn't that their first
1: year too? Like they just threw a team together for their first year, and then he wound up winning it. Something like that.
0: I think
2: no, their first year was like. Yeah, that, that that would have been their f- fourth year, I want to say, because oh. I think 93 was was both the Marlins and the Rockies, yeah. and the Rockies built a really fun team, too, with like Ellis Burks and Dante Bichette and Galarraga. The, the middle of their lineup was, was killer, but the Marlins didn't really have an identity, so they were just like, oh, well, let's just get whoever, yeah,
0: and let's see what happens, and they ended up freaking win, winning the World Series. It's still kind of crazy they pulled it off, because, I mean, it's like the Yankees yeah. have been trying that for... 30 years and they haven't, they only pull it off sometimes. <laughs> yeah. The Marlins yeah. stacked the deck and, and got it. I do remember really pulling for the Marlins in that series though, because being a White Sox fan, I'm sworn against Cleveland. So I was pulling for the Marlins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I remember Craig Council was a player that stood out to me, this little second baseman, <laughs> weighed about eight feathers and uh <laughs> held the bat all wild and i think he i think he got the like the game winning run in game seven or something like that and i was so he did yeah i was so pumped for that dude i still think about that sometimes Like, where is craig council like, where is he at right now i want
2: to you know where he is he's managing the milwaukee brewers
0: is he really let's get him on the podcast let's get him
2: let's talk to him <laughs> dude we're old enough to all the players we grew up watching are all the are managers now that's wild it's freaking depressing as hell
0: yeah yeah
2: all right what's what's next Next we got the Bulls crushing Utah for their fifth championship. Never a doubt. You know, it's never a doubt. It's Jordan, Rodman, all that. We got the the classic Steve Spurrier, Visor, Gators. They beat I have no memory of this game whatsoever. Me neither. Uh they beat uh Florida State. For the championship, they beat Free Shoes University. <laughs> I hate Florida State.
0: <laughs> Me too. Me
2: too. Um, uh, but I didn't. I wasn't thrilled with Spurrier either at the time. Now I think he's
0: hilarious. But oh, he's he's easily hateable. That's that's why you never liked him yeah. as a coach until like he was in his twilight, and now he's just so beloved.
2: Oh, when he was at like South Carolina, yeah. yeah, he was great. And then I wanted to point out March Madness uh, that year because that era, that was the year that uh, Arizona beat kentucky in the final and arizona had one of the most fun college basketball teams ever i remember seeing them win the championship uh and going out and just shooting basketballs for like three hours trying to hit floaters like miles simon trying to hit threes like mike bibby um there was a guy named dickerson on that team who was really good i want to say gilbert arenas was on that team too maybe as a freshman but that team was was so much fun. They just shot lights out. They were and they beat Kentucky, which is always fun.
0: Nice. I don't remember that, but I remember the Arizona, some of the Arizona '90s teams like Damon Stoudamire and that kind of thing. But I think he was a little bit. Yeah, before this. yeah, yeah.
2: He came. I think he was a little earlier. Yeah. I think he
0: was a couple years earlier. All but, right. Yeah. Uh, do we want to jump right into gaming, or we t- we typically sure, say gaming for last? But we can hit it now. Yeah. Well the uh, the biggest one here on the top, Final Fantasy VII. I'm sure we've all got opinions on that. Sucks. Sucks. <laughs> Alex, noted hater of that game.
1: <laughs> I, I hate that game, I, too, but for a different reason. Oh. Because I would always go over to my best friend's house to hang out, and this was when he was addicted to Final Fantasy like 7, 8, and 9. So for about four years, I'd go over to his house and be like, oh, you want to hang out? He's like, yeah, come over. And I'd just sit there for three hours on his game gear he would play Final <laughs> Fantasy. And I'd be like, all right, I guess I'm going to go now. So... I've always had, like, a grudge f- ever since. <clears throat> <laughs>
2: what were you playing on Game Gear?
1: Oh, uh, Power Rangers, that sticks out, uh, the X-Men game, one of the X-Men games. And Ooh, maybe like, yeah,
2: there were, yeah, there were, like, three.
1: Yeah, there were a few of them on there. And then um, one of the Sonic games, Sonic Chaos, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. You well, you're having fun. That's all that matters. Yeah, I made my own <laughs> fun. So. But, yeah, I'd be like, uh, so you sure you don't want to do anything? And he's like, what? And then he's just, like, stuck in the middle of, like, some giant summons of a monster. I'm like, all right, this ain't happening. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I played a good uh, portion of that game much
0: later in life. I didn't play any of them when they were hot. Uh, but I, I got, like, really close to the end and kind of got stuck and put it down and never went back to it. So, it, to me, it's just always a source of shame because I haven't beaten it and I was really close. Maybe one day mm. I'll go back. But Alex, I think you're
2: probably better off with the remake at this point. It,
0: maybe, yeah. Unless I can – it's something about finding an old memory card and then, like – Mm. completing what you set out to do many years ago that'd be cool it would yeah. be cool uh but Ale, i mean what's your true opinion of the game i, I don't know if you're being sarcastic when you came at it oh i thought it
2: was really cool <laughs> yeah. uh it was huge for the time i did what i remember about it is how popular it was it was so and that was really weird to me because the you know popular games back then were like you know Mega Man and stuff like you know Mario all the all the first party Nintendo stuff Sonic all the first party Sega stuff for this game to to be everywhere was was pretty crazy yeah um and i remember it getting a pc uh release i think a year later and i was seriously considering like saving up my money to to get a copy but i wasn't sure if my computer would, our our family's computer (laughs) was going to be able to run it. So I, I passed, but I remember, uh, my friend from junior high had, um, when I would go back home and visit, um, he had a save state, uh, not a save state, but like a a save file that was right where you go play the, uh, do the snowboarding mini game. Mm. So that's all we would do for hours is just the <laughs> snowboarding thing. So that's my that's my uh, memory of that game for the most part. But um, I didn't really get into it until much later. But yeah, I, I was just kind of shocked that it was as popular as it was.
0: I know your girlfriend Pearl's kind of meh on it too, right?
2: Yeah, a a bit meh. She only owns like $1,000 worth of (laughs)
1: Final (laughs) Fantasy
0: VII memorabilia. God, it's. I was like uh, $1,000, so she owns uh... like two pieces of merch? Yeah, one (laughs) statue. (laughs)
2: All right, there you go. You got me. Uh, That's
0: that's cool, though. Um, GoldenEye, that was quite the sensation. Another thing I completely Mm. missed the bus on. i None of my friends had it, didn't know anybody that had it. I didn't have an N64. I completely missed the bus on the GoldenEye multiplayer craze.
2: Yeah, console multi first person shooter multiplayer. That that was the game to, to do that. And it was so much fun because of all the goofy characters. Didn't matter if you saw the movie. Didn't matter if you liked James Bond. All you knew was that Odd Job was an asshole, and that you if you got the golden gun, you were you were you were good. But uh, yeah, D- D- Odd Job was off limits for, for any time I played. That was, for, was, that like, was no every house rule.
1: No, no <laughs> yeah, one was yeah. allowed
0: to use Odd Job ever. Yeah, what was what was the deal with Odd Job? Educate me because I I, I know nothing.
1: He's too short. Mm, like he hard he, to hit. You
2: just shoot right over him. It's it's ridiculous. For gotcha. a
1: game with auto-aim and you're still shooting over them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, That's that was an bullshit. obsession. We played that for a couple summers in a row, even into like the early yeah. 2000s. Nice. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, N64 was was killing it. Um,
2: we, we were making fun of N64 a little bit the last episode because they didn't have too much. But now we've got like Goldeneye, Star Fox 64, which I love, mm-hmm. uh, Mario Kart 64, Diddy Kong Racing. Like, some good stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I'm of the opinion, I think I like Diddy Kong Racing more than Mario Kart 64. I've been hearing if folks I say one. that,
0: I, and I think the reason that you don't hear that more often is because people just didn't play Diddy Kong yeah. Racing, right? And now that people are kind of finding it and discovering it, they're like, oh, shit, this is legit. And it's, like, of girth. Like, there's a lot of game in there, too.
2: Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I, I I, just like a lot of the tracks. Like, it's just fun. It's one of those games that's just well laid out. A lot of the tracks are fun.
0: That's Sometimes it's all it takes. Hell yeah. And then PlayStation, they weren't messing around either because Castlevania Symphony of the Night uh, came out in 97 and holy shit, that game set the standard for Castlevania going forward, uh, especially when
1: it comes to the, the 2D versions. Incredible.
2: Yeah. you know it's Super Metroid on steroids, basically. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah, Trav, how you like, what do you call it, we're playing through Final Fantasy Seven and got far and never finished. That's me with Symphony of the Night. Like, Uh, I just got lost. I had some item I didn't have, and I couldn't go anywhere, and then I just, like, kind of moved on. I got to finish that off one of these days. Did you like playing it? Oh, I loved playing it. But then, like, I had a thing Mm. for a while with, like, any Metroidvania where I would just get, like, hopelessly lost, but I would refuse to look up a guide. (laughs) Or sometimes I'll look up a guide and still not know where the hell I was. So I'd be like, all right, screw this. (laughs) I'm a little better now. I have a little more patience now. But back then, I was like, no. Easily frustrated. Jim, what were
2: you... When you say guide, do you, do, were you going on GameFacts.com dot com and looking up walkthroughs, or what? What was your resource for that? It was, it was
1: GameFacts. I, I think I was still two years away from having a computer with internet in the house, so like mm. this is all after the fact anyway. But
2: oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: my first computer with internet was a ninety two Mac that my uncle had souped up <laughs> enough to barely work with a fifty six k modem. So. That's awesome. It took literally like an hour and I a half ruffled. to see a nipple, but it was worth eh, it. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs>
0: uh, it's always the worst when you're so lost in a video game that you can't even find yourself in the game fact. You're like, I don't even know where the fuck I am in the in this 18-paragraph uh, thing. It's always the worst. So it's funny. I, I, I was uh, playing uh,
2: and writing a video about um, the NES game Mighty Final Fight uh, earlier this morning, mm-hmm. and... Um, I found a fact. I was curious. I went on Game Facts, and I found a fact from 1998 on that game. I love it. And it's, Don't you it's, love it's, seeing
1: it's, that? I love it.
2: It's so cool, but it's it's so just endearing because the guy spells Hagger wrong. He spells it H A G G E R. <laughs> like it's like so informal and it's clearly written by like somebody who's like 13. And then he starts the walkthrough section, and then he's like, I'll get back to this eventually once I have more motivation or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like
0: what the hell? I love that stuff. I
2: love finding stuff like that though, I love it when there's always old. like this
0: like all their intros yeah. to the game like this ain't a bad game it's pretty cool me and my friends play it like there's like a little there's like a, a time capsule <laughs> usually in the in the in the header where they explain yeah. what the game means to them. I love reading that stuff every single time
2: and the, there's always the uh ASCII, I don't know how to pronounce that asci ascii, correctly. ASCII? Yeah. ASCII yeah. yeah yeah they 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 try <laughs> this person tried uh, you know obviously probably not very hard. To to recreate the final fight logo <laughs> with with letters and numbers and symbols and stuff, and it just looks like a big mess on the top of the top of the guide. But I always get a kick out of that too. Um, I also want to point out real quickly about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. That game at the time it was released got bad reviews. Hmm. Like, not by everybody, just by... There were certain magazines that, like, turned their nose up at it. Because it wasn't Because it wasn't 3D. It, wasn't 3D. Yeah. it was mm-hmm. 2D. It's like, why are we still doing this 2D stuff? Where Where's the 3D graphics? Where's... Look at Castlevania 64. Like, look look at that game. Ugh. It's like, yeah, that game fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah,
0: look at that game. Just look at it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just look at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't even play it. Just look at it. You, yeah, Can you believe this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is funny. That is funny. I mean, 2D was, you know, still... Uh, um, it was it was awesome back then i mean there's some of my favorite games that have stood the test of time were 2d from that era um, but fighting games had gone 3d quite a bit like we're about to mention Tekken 3 and like Virtua Fighter 3 being standouts where 3d fighting was kind of not too bad it was kind of fun yeah yeah it had turned the corner
2: i i uh have a memory uh i wish i still ha- obviously i don't have it cuz i sent it but i wrote a letter put, put put pencil to paper and wrote a letter to nintendo power Uh, saying, hey, uh, with all these fighting games going around, um, how about we see some crazy crossover stuff like X-Men versus Street Fighter? Like, is there any way to make that happen? And sure enough, like two years later, there's freaking X-Men versus Street Fighter on PlayStation. Not on a
1: Nintendo console.
2: (laughs) And Not on Nintendo, goddammit. Freaking Capcom. Hey, we like, got Mace uh, the Dark
1: Age. We weren't left out. <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, it's, it's, like, it's a weird arcade game. They pour it over. It's like one of three fighting games on there. Ugh, it's actually not terrible, true. but then you look at the PlayStation, you're just like, ew, man. You know, people <laughs>
2: slag N64 all the time for um, no RPGs, but what are the fighting games on N64? You got Mostly like bad. Mortal
1: Kombat Trilogy Killer Instinct Gold, and then Warlords, and Mace the I guess you Dark have sm- the first Smash, yeah. the, but
0: that was way later. Dark Rift, yeah, that was like the tail end. There's a bunch yeah. of like, like ones that didn't have any franchise legs at all, like one off, just shitty. Oh, okay, shitty games. Clay, and by, by, by the titles, you don't know. It's oh, like Clay Fighter. Yeah, I forgot about that. It'll be something like Dark Rift, and you're like, oh, this sounds fucking awesome. And you play it, and you're like, oh, it's a really bad fighting game. Okay. <laughs> Happened way too often. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were heard. Uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah. Oh, did I skip one? Blood, blood skip and. Skip the view. Skip
1: the big one. Oh, and Resident oh, Evil.
2: I, I, oh God I, Resident Evil. Yeah. Did you guys play that when it came out? Nah. Thoughts,
0: opinions. Not, not in the day. I didn't. I do know that uh, my friend uh, Brian Briz in our in our Discord, uh, Alex. He yes. He has a good story of playing that. I think around, around the time it came out. He he and a buddy and how affected they were by the dogs crashing through the window like that uh, rock, rocked their world in, in 1997 whoa. so um love hearing that stuff from people that actually played that stuff in the day i was too much of a wiener to go near that game in 1997
1: yeah i didn't have a playstation but my uh friend rented it all the time scared the shit out of us like when the, he like the zombie nice. turned its head the first time like this is like <laughs> one of the opening weekends or something like he got it right away so we saw, like, that zombie turning its head after, like, decapitating the guy, and we're just like, holy shit. And then the <laughs> yeah. dogs, and then, like, all that kind of stuff. Uh, You know, Brian from my page, he got tricked, in from one of the magazines, I think, said if you open the front – no, his brother told him. If you open the front door, like, a hundred times, like, you can escape the mansion or something. So he just wound <laughs> up having the dogs come in after, like, every five and kept killing them and never didn't realize that he kept doing wrong.
0: It's a nice little bit of old
1: school trolling for him. That's pretty funny Yep, old school trolling at its finest
2: There's a story I gotta tell about um, So I would have been, in 97 I would have been in 10th grade Um, And back then uh, we took what was called a Quote unquote computer essentials class And all it basically was Was just like, here's how to copy paste Here's how to write an email Here's how to, you know it's, It's the most basic bitch stuff you could you could do um so everybody immediately got bored with this and the the teacher of the class his name was mr lowey was at least 105 years old he wore the same suit every day he had a terrible cough uh that my friend still impersonates very very well it's like <laughs> it's it's really he's a really strange guy like but an he old was very, dog Wow. Yeah, he looked like an old dog. I wish I had a picture of that guy. But um, yeah, he um, he uh, clearly was not interested in computers. He was just clearly just like assigned. Like, you're teaching this class, Mr. 127-year-old guy. And so, like, the students basically had free reign over whatever they wanted to do. So, what happened was a couple older kids, uh, seniors, installed uh, some uh, First-person shooters like Blood, and um, one other one, it, it might have been Hexen, I can't remember. But and they also installed Carmageddon, so that's all we did. All class is just play those games. It was, <laughs> it was the freaking best. Like you could hear from like the other side of the classroom, like people freaking out because they got killed or something. It was, it was a blast. And that was, um, that class actually was the the first time I was able to. Uh, uh, download an emulator and play games that way. Uh, I downloaded oh. uh snes and the old nesticle wow. emulator and the rest of system. Uh, which was yeah and I I, I is, uh, that's how I found out about like Final Fantasy 5 and Saikenedensetsu 3 which is now Trials of Mana and uh like Bahamut Lagoon. I was like holy shit there's all these games like and they have translations. Like this is mind blowing. So that was the class I, I I did absolutely no
0: schoolwork but play video games. And that's oh, I'm yeah. I'm forever thankful for that. Heck yeah, man. Me too. I'm glad that yeah. Well, I don't know if we'd have SNES drunk without that class, without you discovering emulators <laughs> with such reckless abandon. Uh okay, and then Duke Nukem 3D. That was uh yep. a, mm-hmm. a big deal. Uh doesn't age well uh in a lot of ways. Uh, F- Fallout. I never played the original Fallout. I think it'd be tough to go back
1: to now, but I know for it a is. time it is. I tried. Game. Yeah. Did you try? Yeah, I tried it a couple years ago, and I was just like, eh, I can't really get down with this. Like, it's a cool setting, and I think the story's <laughs> cool, and like the main monster guy at the end is like this really fucked up design. But the gameplay, I just really couldn't get into. It's more <laughs> like point and clicky isometric kind of stuff, but like still an adventure game. But everything's through the mouse and menus, and I it was it was too highbrow for me.
2: <laughs> uh. What about Diablo? Did you get into that? Like, have you? Has anybody played the first Diablo recently?
0: I actually that came out in ninety seven. Did because uh, during our night uh, we did the nineteen ninety six back in time thing a couple years ago, and I, I fucked up and thought Diablo was in there, and played it for a little bit because I was like, this is a ninety six game. I'm pretty sure, uh, even though I I think I learned later it came out in like January of ninety seven, but I played like. You know, four hours of it was like, this is awesome. And then somebody was like, That's ninety seven. Put it well, put it put it down. You can't do this right now. You're you're uh, time traveling to ninety-six. And I was like, Oh, good call, maybe I'll come back to it. I didn't. But I think it holds up well enough. I mean, for a friggin', you know, nineteen ninety seven PC game,
1: it it slaps. It's good. The PlayStation port's pretty good too. It's like surprisingly playable. Wow.
2: wow. I wouldn't have guessed that, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, so, we also have Curse of Monkey Island. Uh that's a classic point and click adventure game. I know I know that the whole Monkey Island franchise has like a huge cult following. And there are, everybody's like really excited for the release of the the latest one. So we got to make sure we point that one out. And then Trav, this one is near and dear to you. Uh Tiger releases the Gamecom.
0: Yeah, here comes a sad story. So um I got a Gamecom uh for Christmas of 1997, which is a tragedy. But um, I also asked for it. so
2: uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: I thought it looked cool. How did
2: you find out about it?
0: It was in a JCPenney catalog. And I saw that it had, like, internet connectivity and all this cool stuff. And I was like, man, nothing, you know, other than Dad's slow-ass laptop has it. I can't play games on that. For some <laughs> reason, in my head, I was, like, getting this. I'll, it'll just come with fast internet, and I'll be able to play games online with other people that have a Tiger GameCon. Oh. Um, well, the, the, that thing never worked. Like even on a, even with the best possible circumstances, getting it to connect to anything was kind of a kind of bunk. Um, but it came with two games. I got. Uh, I think it came with Lights Out, which is just. a... I think there were just. Actual physical games that Mattel or Tiger put out of Lights Out, like it didn't need to be on a screen, right? It would be like making a video game of Tic Tac Toe. Like we don't need that. We <laughs> have paper. But it had that game That's with sad. it, yeah. And it also had an Indy Five Hundred racing game, which was complete and utter, uh, just ass, just total ass, just ass, oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and over the years, I I, I held on to it, and it, it had like other parts to it. It had like a um like a planner and, you know, kind of the standard PDA stuff, you know, when like planners, digital planners were such a big deal back then, having that packaged in with it was still kind of cool. So it, it had stuff like that. And I found mine uh, a few years ago and the it still had all the memory in it. So there was all of my friends and their phone numbers was still in it, which was kind of cool to dig that out. Uh, the screen had faded considerably. But because uh, I, I am the only person that I know, and I'm sure there are literally fives of us out there who got one of these, um, I kind of feel weirdly attached to it. So I was like, well, what what other games are in this Tiger Game.com library? And it turns out there's not many of them. There's like 22 games. And I got really lucky and got some decent hauls. Uh, Michelle, uh, who's been on this podcast before, uh, you know, she was on Petey's Power Hour. Um, She uh, came across like uh, an auction that had a few for super dirt cheap. And I've, um, I've managed to finally compile the full tiger gamecom set and some of the games are actually kind of surprising there's a uh there's a Resident Evil game on there uh Resident Evil 2 port that's not what? good but it will impress you for how not terrible it is I'll say that huh um there's a duke Nukem on is there doom uh there's not doom somehow there's not doom
1: <laughs> damn it yeah it's like uh, the only place without doom but you do have I know what like right? I said though Yeah, so there was a tweet the other day
0: where somebody had uh, mocked up a fake Doom gamecom cartridge, and I got tagged
1: in that by like a few people. Um, (laughs) But uh, so the gamecom was—you are the gamecom guy, yeah. You you say full collection, but now that there's that prototype out there for Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I don't think it's complete now. Definitely splurged that five grand.
0: That's true. That is true. It's (laughs) not. It's not the most complete, and I'm missing like some cardboard, which I don't really need, but. Uh you know now it's it's a good story. It's uh and and two, yeah. when people come over I'm like, "Do you want to play the worst fucking thing you've ever played in your life?" <laughs> and I can give them a run on that and uh, it's a good time. So, did you did you buy any
2: new games like at the time or did you just did you stick with what came with it or I,
0: what was I, the first
2: game you bought for it?
0: it? Literally what came with it was what I had and I Okay. I got away from it pretty quick. I think my parents sensed that, like, oh <laughs> shit, okay, that's that wasn't a good toy. All right, well, we won't buy any more games for that. We'll keep buying, you know, it's like what ninety seven. Like, we'll keep buying you old Genesis games we find in in dollar bins, <laughs> which was fine with me. I was still happy with that. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So game. Well, Com that's comes. awesome. I guess that's a great. You
2: you are Mister Gamecom. Ugh. And it's uh, it's excellent stuff. Um, and we want to th- at this point we want to ask for emails about games. Released in other parts of the world like if you if you've got any memories of nineteen ninety seven for gaming, let us know
0: we'll read them on air we'll do it we'll, we'll, and with we'll. that said, let's talk music, oh yeah, dude, this is when I was coming in my own. I say that, but I don't know yeah music true. is a
2: in in terms of like new releases, it's pretty all over the
0: place well, the first one you have here, radiohead's okay computer, I don't think I got a hold of this in ninety seven but it was a very formative experience when I did get a hold of it mm. i was definitely in high school when i got it so it was maybe two years after it had released but i mean i'd seen the music videos and i'd kind of been put off by you know like karma police and all this like what is going on with this band why is everything so weird but slowly kind of fell in love with them so okay computer is like a pretty big deal even to me now when yeah. I, I, I look back on that with with fondness
2: yeah was, i uh, was
1: fake plastic trees really? on there i remember seeing that on beavis and butthead all the time <laughs> that was...
2: <laughs> no, that was on before. the previous album. is that the Benz? That was the yeah. Benz, okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, though. That's when um, Beavis thinks that uh, Tom York looks like Ed Grimley. <laughs> 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 He's like, what is that guy's name? <laughs> Try smacking me, butthead. And he, he hits him and he goes, oh yeah, that's Ed, Grig- that's Ed Grimley. <laughs> I was like, okay. But yeah, that, I, The Benz uh, was... I, I loved that album. And I thought OK Computer was like a step down from that at the time. And to see, like, to hear and see everybody go nuts over it, I was like, well, what am I missing? I must be missing something, but yeah and a really cool video that's the kind of video you see at like 2 a.m mm-hmm. and you're, you're just like what the hell am I even watching what is this like just great stuff and but in addition to that we also have like I mean notorious B.I.G. life after death and then he was killed later that year yeah which
0: is <laughs> kind of insane I mean it's just like I mean, the uh the Tupac situation he had his, his yeah. release and then dead the same year so it's uh Yeah. Uh,
2: so I mean yeah, hip hop was was pretty crazy. Um I remember Missy Elliott uh becoming a huge huge deal that year, especially on MTV. Um Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Forever. Wu-Tang was one of those ba- those groups that they didn't they weren't on MTV, they weren't on the radio. So if you knew about them and you knew their songs, that was like, oh, this guy's cool. He knows Wu Tang, and it's like, that's that's what I need to do. I, I need to start learning Wu Tang songs if I want to be cool at school. So
0: I was yeah, uh, verifiably not cool for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no,
2: I'm I'm as I'm the whitest guy ever. So yeah, it not work. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Depeche
0: Mode if if, if I'm going to listen to anything. Hey, so, Depeche yeah. Mode had an album that year, so you are in luck.
2: Yeah, and it was a big departure. I love. I I'm a Depeche Mode fan. I and their the album Ultra is a huge departure from their usual like synth pop stuff and it's one of my favorites, so I had to list it on here.
0: I don't know that I've spent any time with that album to be honest with you, but uh if you're recommending it, I'll give it a I'll give it a twirl. It
2: doesn't have any like big singles or anything, but it's I, I always liked the sound of it and you know, it's very stripped down, very basic. It, it's it's good. I like it. It
1: doesn't have a random cover of uh Britney Spears' Toxic on there. We're not doing that two weeks in a row? <laughs> man, you got to get a hold of that local I actually did listen to that recommendation. It wasn't bad. It was better than I was expecting. See? <laughs> uh, Foo Fighters, The Color and the Shape, man.
0: I dug that pretty freaking hard. Monkey Wrench was uh, a song that was played very loudly in my adolescent bedroom often. Nice.
2: Yeah, and that's when Foo Fighters really first became a band. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like Dave Grohl's thing. Now it was... <clears throat> You know, a bunch of dudes, uh, Pat and Pat Smear, and uh yeah. I don't know what Pat Smear does in that
1: band. Is he just like a mascot? Like, does he actually play? <laughs> like, he's so old. He is old. Like, yeah, like, he was just like, oh, who's the random blonde dude playing with Nirvana? And it's like, hey, who's that same random blonde dude playing with Foo Fighters? <laughs> well, I know he joined Nirvana
2: because Kurt Cobain was like, we need another guitarist, so I'm not the only... <laughs> guitarist that's screwing up up here I need someone to cover for me and so they got him and that guy has just never gone away since then he's he's always been there he's always been involved with Dave Grohl somehow it's that's crazy I was gonna
1: say I don't think he's been with Foo for a while but like he always shows up on like Dave's side projects too he's like oh I need a guitar player oh what's old uh Pat Smear up to
2: yeah, Pat Smear, he's probably sitting in a chair just looking at the wall, yeah. waiting for
0: someone to call him. And he's he's Okay, like, hey, we need Pat Smear. Not as old as he looks uh, somehow. I thought he'd been 63 since 1998, <laughs> uh, but he's just 63 now, which is kind of crazy. Wow, yeah. okay. But,
2: wow, I, he's 63, though. That's... And he kinda looks he looks like he'd be related to Fred Armiston,
0: which <laughs> I always kinda liked about good call. Him. But that that album was awesome. I mean it had like My Hero and Everlong and Monkey yeah. Wrench and uh all kinds of good stuff. So good album.
2: And this was ninety seven was the year I really dove into metal. Um uh mostly because I hated where I was like living, so I wanted to find the most extreme stuff possible. And that was Strapping Young Lad, Emperor, Demu Borgir, all that stuff, all the ridiculous like screech. I remember, I think Ulver released an album that year, uh, Nattens Madigral. It, it was. I just wanted to get away from like, I don't know, from anything conventional. I was doing your typical teenager stuff. Um, and also Faith No More did uh, – I, I always loved the idea of them releasing an album with the title <laughs> Album of the Year. I thought that was great. That is awesome. Great yeah. touch.
0: And, but uh, And that's that's one of their better albums
2: too. I, I really like that one. I, I go back to it yeah, regularly. Yeah, and
0: stra- Strapping Young Lad reminds me that Devin Townsend has a new album this year. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but he's still – Does he he's really? Still he's yeah. still at it. That's cool. got One of the best metal voices I love his uh, his
2: his look influenced the d- uh, Pickles the drummer on uh, Metal Metalocalypse. Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, with oh the, with really? the
2: Bald? Yeah, the bald cornrows and long hair and all that sort of stuff. That makes yeah, total sense. That's, that's total Devin Townsend. Yeah. And now he's
0: just all bald and plain looking. But man, when he was oh, he's all bald yeah, now. Oh, when he was in strapping young lad, he uh, he had a real look, a real look. All right. Uh songs. Well, you know, we talked about the albums that stuck out to us, but the major songs of 1997 took on a much different flavor than what we've described. It's a lot of um radio pop rock. Crap.
1: <laughs> Terrible yeah, crap. I'm not a fan of
0: a lot of this stuff. Uh I mean, I probably was in I'm not going to lie, but, you know, I aged out of it pretty quickly cuz all this stuff is just still gets played to fucking death. This stuff is still ugh awful. A third Eye Blind, Semi-Charmed Kind of Life, or Semi-Charmed Life. Don't yeah, like never, it. Never nope. been into it. Thumbs down. Never Pass. Never been into it. Uh, chumba Wumba, Tub Thumping. Nope. I'm into Pass. that when I am exactly seven Miller Lights deep, <laughs> and then I'm like, Tub Thump me. Somebody. Miller
2: Lights or Miller High Lives?
0: Whichever. Seven and a half exactly. <laughs> I'm like, somebody get somebody Tub Thump me. Somebody drop a quarter in. Let's hear it. Let's go. And,
1: and I think that's like a song that just finally stopped being played at sporting events too. They're like, all right, it's been 20 years. I think we can retire it right now. Yeah. It's probably for the Ooh. best.
2: That's another conversation entirely though, where it's, y- you hear certain music at, depending on what game kind of like, if you're at a, it's been seriously like 20 years since I've been to a football game. So I can't speak to that, but I've been to a hockey game somewhat recently and I swear to God, they're still playing freaking motley Crue uh AC D C they're still playing like the same it, it, it's like they're turning on like the
1: uh,
2: the seventies and eighties rock station. Like you're gonna hear Led Zeppelin, you're gonna hear Van Halen. It's like ugh
1: but And they still have like an old dusty version of like Jock Jams volume three too <laughs> <laughs>
0: Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You will hear some cotton eye Joe. That's that's a guarantee. Oh God! Ugh. If it hadn't been for him, I would have been married like so long ago. Uh, savage Garden, that "Ooh, I Want You" song that I could sing all the way through when I was in seventh grade. The Chicky Cherry Cola song. Ah oh, man, what a terrible, terrible time that was.
2: I, I, I just hated Savage Garden because they sounded too much like Sound Garden. Oh, the, the, I was like, no, you don't get to be Savage Garden. There's a, you, you get to be Sav. Just name your band something else. Just Be Savage. I like Sound Garden too much. Or just be Garden. Don't
0: be Savage Garden. Yeah, just be Garden or just be Douchebags. I don't care. Nothing about that band was Savage, I'll be honest. At all. Mostly <laughs> was like Garden. the
1: softest rock out there. It was mostly
0: Garden. Yep, that's Dennis Chair music for you. Yeah, yep. uh, Meredith Brooks' uh, Bitch. I'm a bitch. Ugh, man. That's, I felt so...
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: imagine if that song came out today. That would be like the Karen anthem. Man. Oh, it's the
1: Wine Mom theme song.
2: <laughs> oh, why? Yeah, there you go. Wine mom. That's perfect. Yeah.
0: I used to feel like I was getting away with something when that came on VH1. I was like, oh, shit, they're saying bitch so much. <laughs> you know, if I had to sum up VH1 with one song, it would be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where I caught it. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then made the worst, handsome, a uh, handsome, uh, Hanson's Mbop. Whew. I remember uh, yeah. my cousin calling me on the phone one time. Because the, that video was playing on MTV, and he's like, "Dude, flip it over to MTV." I was like, "Okay, all right, I got it on." He's like, "What do you think about these chicks?" <laughs> <And> <laughs> I was like, "I was like, uh, I don't know, man." And he's like, "Dude, I think the like the middle one is pretty cute." And then, like at the end of that, they were like, "It's a trio of brothers out of wherever they're from." And he was like, "Dude, are you kidding me right now?" I was like, "That's what they said, man. I think I think they're I think they're dudes." I just remember that being, like, an <laughs> hilarious joke for us up until, like, maybe five years ago, we kind of laid off of it. But, man, uh, it was a surprise to all of us.
2: I did like Hansen's appearance on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. because uh, I forgot it, about it, that. It, it led to a lot of great lines because... Uh, there's, I forget the premise of the episode, but it, it, it leads to Space Ghost having to drive them around, and their dad keeps calling, and Space Ghost keeps ignoring ignoring the call, and uh, he's like, uh, you boys aren't nerds, are you? Because this ain't the nerd taxi. And they're all looking at each other, like, scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh hansen won me over a little bit based on that but uh other other than that
0: yeah no. apparently they have uh, a uh a pretty good sense of humor and self-awareness about about their mm. stuff so I, I i always appreciate that stuff that's what won me over uh uh with um goddamn, what's his name um uh fuck <laughs> phil collins no the guy rod stewart uh the your body is a wonderland guy what's what's that guy's
2: Oh, John Mayer.
0: Yeah, he had some self-aware, like, poke fun at himself bits uh 15
1: years ago when I was kind of over him, and I was like, oh, he's... he's like, when he a up on Chappelle's show and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, he can actually, like... Like, he is that white guy that, like, you know, that all yeah. white guys just start dancing to. Yeah, he can roll with the punches. <laughs> so. Yeah, Hanson actually was just on, like, morning radio in Philly, and they're like, yeah, I mean, like... We actually play like real music now, but we got to play umbop for the fans. Like, you know, it's what got us here. So I can at least respect it when a band knows like what people show up for. Dude, it's better it, than being there and being like, oh, all new shit. It's like, oh, God. As much as I despise
0: that song, if I found myself at a handsome concert and they didn't play umbop, I'd be furious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd be mean, like, fucking play it. Uh, the Verve Bittersweet Symphony. That's, that's a, a decent banger. I, I sometimes hum yeah, that when I'm mowing. That
2: still gets played all the freaking time. Like, especially. If that's one of those songs where it's like uh, you're watching NFL and NBC on a Sunday night. They, uh, there's been a touchdown scored and uh, they, they cut to that song and they go to commercial. <laughs> like That song will never go away. That song's always going to be around somehow. That's true yeah. about so it's, it's many of, of these songs.
0: songs that we've listed. 1997, there was something in, something going on where these songs just... Uh, they they took a pill that made them invincible. I don't know what it is. Like, for example, <laughs> Aqua's Barbie Girl, a song oh, I God. never hoped to hear after the first time I heard it. Uh, the other day, in my house, uh, I'm just minding my own business. I think I'm on my tablet doing a crossword puzzle like a regular 73-year-old man. And uh, I hear my daughter <laughs> sing that song, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Where the hell, Where the hell? Who put that in her head? Who Who did this to her? And apparently, uh, Grandma had uh, had had that song playing Uh-oh. in the car, and I was like, "Oh God, no!" Um, not that I think that that song is like the worst thing in the world. There are worse things I want my daughter listening to, but now it's like a thing in our
1: house again, to where she's like humming it and stuff. And I'm like, "Do you get that out of my head? Don't you dare come in here!" <laughs> yeah, it's on my wife's iPhone. I can't escape it either. Yeah.
0: Oh, Christ. come on, people! I know, I know. I Graham, uh, Grandma's banned from the house. We don't let her in anymore. I said, "No, no." <laughs> <laughs> step too far. It's a step we also far. had
2: Smash Mouth arrive in ninety seven. The less said about that, the better.
0: Yeah, that also won't go away. These are all terrible things. Yep. Uh Natalie and is Torn. I wasn't uh, too bad about that. I like I don't mind that song too much.
2: It was okay. I mean, as far as like song that was one of those songs that was a classic VH one banger. Like it's just everywhere. It's on VH one every twenty minutes. So yeah, it is inescapable. And then we have one of your favorites, Trev, Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sitta.
0: I do dig that song. I do dig it. I have all the ones on this list. Is that That's the
2: I'm not I'm not sick, but I'm not well? Yeah. Is that that
0: song? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. I know that song now. All right. I, I had to, like, wreck my brain a bit, but. It's not too bad. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then Sister Hazel's All For You. Man.
1: I think I, think a I don't a even day.
0: know what that is. Uh, it's hard to say what it is. I you know that you know that one? Don't make me sing. Nope. Don't make me sing on that's the podcast. That's
1: what that's now. called? I never know what that song is called.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of an earworm. I don't dislike it, but I prefer to stay away from it, or else I'll just sing it all day.
2: No, sorry, Trav. You're going to have to sing the whole thing.
0: Uh, after, that's, that's Patreon only content.
2: <laughs> Patreon only. All right. There we go. He's a lot of that one.
0: Uh, just while I'm thinking of it, uh, was this also the year of, uh, the Fiona Apple, um, mm, hit? Good question. Uh, because I really liked that first single of hers the um yeah it was definitely different no that was 96 oh we missed it oh dang
2: we missed it yeah but we can pay respect now but yeah that was that was very that was during a boom of of uh women that were uh oh wait you know like you had tori amos you had bjork you had pj harvey and you had fiona apple um so yeah that that was oh you know what this i think the song you're thinking of is is much later uh that's when the pawn that's
0: 99 oh this is uh criminal was what i was thinking of and apparently the single released in july of 97 it makes the cut we did it okay it makes the cut then but i remember that video being weird like she's like writhing around on the carpet and she's all sweaty like it made me feel sick but i like the music
1: (laughs) she's in the band called sucking on feet <laughs>
2: yeah, it's weird. It, she, she. It looks like a hostage video at times. Yeah. It's like, what the hell am I watching? Like, but it was, it was definitely different. And yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. So. I always feel
0: like that video was trying to like sell me drugs. I was like, ugh, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. I want to flip back over and listen to Meredith Brooks yeah. call herself a Her- bitch a bunch. Heroin chic. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, that was music in 1997. That's what we had to deal with. When when your parents say they had it hard, they didn't. They didn't listen to 1997 music. Okay, we had it hard. Woof.
1: Listen, the world moves fast. It seems like as soon as you beat a game, it's lost the time. No one to talk to about it, no credit, no one to even appreciate it on Twitter. While over on the Polykill podcast, Trav and I aim to remedy all that by talking about the games we're playing, the games we're beating, and the games you are beating. So please head on over to polymedianetwork.com, check out Polykill. And maybe you'll be the next polykiller.
0: Uh, but movies, eh, were the movies, I think, are kind of like the music. It's like poppy stuff for some reason. I kind of associate it all with like, I don't know. Uh, like Titanic, it feels like um, the exact same as these 1997 songs where it's just something that just will
1: not go right. away. But yeah, that was the resist- biggest movie of all time I'm sorry, though, right? Like when it came out. Yeah. Like, that was just, that's all anyone ever talked about. Yeah. Oh my God. A movie on two tapes. What? (laughs) That was (laughs) on two tapes. It was so big. It was on two tapes. (laughs) (laughs) That's such an old,
2: ye old (laughs) media reference. That's great. Um, never underestimate, uh, the effect of stuff like, like Beatlemania. Like, all these girls go crazy for, this group and the same sort of sensation was titanic where it's like it's all any girl talked about at my at my school was this freaking movie titanic and how and leonardo dicaprio and how great he is and blah 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 and these girls would go see this movie like four or five times that's why it made Mm -hmm. like a gazillion dollars because it was everywhere and i was I resisted seeing it until much, much later. I, I I think I saw Titanic for the first time in like two thousand eighteen or something. <laughs> just just to like make sure that it was one of those weird collector things where it's like I need to make sure I see every best picture winner from this time to this time. Yeah. So but yeah, it's 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 not that great. I mean, it's a kind of a cool movie like in terms of how it's shot and Yeah, there's a lot of cool things about the, it. The boat yeah, the boat breaking apart is is cool from a practical standpoint. It's practical effects. There's no, there's not a lot of CGI if there's any at all, which is kind of neat. But as as far as like this whole like love story goes, I don't I don't give a shit. Who cares?
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw that in theaters when I was really? eleven. And yeah, did you go with anybody or did you go by yourself? What, what, one of my I didn't have any money. I was eleven, but I went with like one of my friends and like his dad <laughs> took us or something like that. So we're just sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is like a love story this entire time. It's like. Love story, love story, boob, love story, and then an hour of the t- uh, ship sinking. I was like, all right, all right, this kicked up a little bit. <laughs> second <laughs> had me in the first, second half was great. Second half was great.
0: I mean, do you know how many times I make a reference to like the door? Like he could have fit on the door. Like that's a thing, uh, in our house. Um, but the, uh, that reminds me, like you go in to see that movie with, with somebody's dad or whatever reminds me of a night that, um, after a high school football game, me and two of my buddies went back to uh, his dad's house, and his dad had rented uh, a Walk to Remember, or uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think it was a Walk. To- no, it was The Notebook, and so it was just like <laughs> three what? football players and a dude's dad, <laughs> and I don't know. He like rented a bunch of movies. He's Like, yeah, you guys want to watch a movie? We're like, sure, whatever. We're like tired, kind of still like amped from from a long night of footballing with the boys, and fire this up, and like within like forty five minutes, you could hear like, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, dude's just oh like tearing up. It was pretty good. It was. It's it's a good movie. Um, three three grown men just crying. It was good. <laughs> wow. Okay. Good times. Good times. Man, Rachel McAdams in that. Just something else. Anyway, mm-hmm. Ooh, we're, ta- we're talking about. She
2: had, she had a moment. She had a moment.
0: Yeah, we're talking about Titanic. Uh, now to Boogie Nights. Let's let's talk about a good film. Boogie Nights.
2: Yeah. I still need to make uh, Pearl watch that one. Uh That's, that's a great freaking movie. Uh, and one of those movies where, uh, what's his name? Uh, Philip Sumer Hoffman mm. manages to steal the show yes. in like the one scene that he's in where he's like pathetically crying at, at the car, uh, begging him not to leave. I forget the context, but I just remember like that scene and that character and just sums up like that whole, <clears throat> just, just the mentality of that whole scene. And, and it, Especially at the end of that movie, where uh, which is extremely unnerving, where you've got, um, I forget the, uh, I, I shouldn't be talking because I don't remember the movie that well. I need to see it again, but I just remember, uh, Dirk Diggler needs to like go to like some shady place and like some shady guy's house, and there's just a dude like throwing fireworks at the wall, just like, <laughs> so there's just this loud cracking like every. 10 seconds or so and it's so unnerving and so like like stop doing that like it's so crazy and it's it adds so much to that movie uh (laughs) it's a really good movie if you haven't seen it it's it's, uh paul what's his name pt anderson or pt thompson something like that i forget but oh paul Paul thomas Thomas anderson Anderson. yeah paul thomas anderson yes
1: yeah that's one i still need to see never seen it wow
2: it's really good it's it's and believe it or not burt reynolds might have been his best acting performance ever he's great in it he's freaking awesome they were all
1: calling that his comeback and then he didn't really do anything after it
2: no nah, i don't think he wanted to do anything after <laughs> that's true too
1: <laughs> nice
0: all right uh the next few movies here um maybe we can i don't know if we have a lot to say about these we can maybe pick up the pace some we got la confidential i've not seen that. Everybody else.
2: I saw it uh, on DVD after it. Came, uh, it was a DVD rental after it came out. It was good. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's good. All right. I like uh, Guy Pierce a lot. So, oh, especially from Memento.
0: Right, right, right. So yeah. we didn't we didn't mention Memento. I don't think in our would it be ninety five.
2: Uh no, that would have been two thousand. Was it really that late? On oh, we have yet. Gosh dang. Okay. Yeah, we we have yet to get to that. All right, good. We also got Donny Bra- Donny Brasco mm-hmm. with uh, Pacino and Johnny Depp. Um that was a big deal at the time but I still have not seen that movie. I just wanted to point it out.
1: It's good. It's not great. It's good. Yeah. Mm.
2: <laughs> then we have Contact with Jodie Foster. I remember that movie being a huge deal for some reason and I've never seen it so I don't know why. So I wanted to ask you guys if you've seen
1: it. I've not seen it. Saw it in the theater. Oh. What'd you think? I thought it was good. Like I didn't really know why it was like such like a huge event, but like, it was cool like the whole talking to aliens thing. It was fine.
2: Oh, I guess that's why it's a big deal because it's a extraterrestrial, like first contact kind of a deal. Yeah, it's
1: one that you go, yeah, that was pretty good. But then you remember nothing that happened in it. <laughs> <laughs> there was no floating door that he could have fit on. He could
0: have fit on anyway. Let's not get don't don't get me back on Titan Uh Face off. Then we've got the, mm,
2: the oh Sorry, god, it. we got the all time great, one of the greatest action movies ever made. Face off. Uh-huh. One of the most ridiculous premises, so
0: ridiculous, but so pulled off.
2: Oh, it was great. It was, g- <laughs> it was great. Uh, for those that don't know, listeners, uh, this is John Travolta versus Nicolas Cage. Uh, they switch faces surgically. <laughs> and that, that's, that's that's like the hook. really all you need to know going
1: to in. You. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's really all you need to know. So you have watch John Travolta it,
1: acting it. like Nicolas Cage and just amazingness ensues. <laughs> and the other way around. <laughs> it's... it's it's insane. It's
2: amazingly stupid. It's two it's guys just, doing an
1: impression for an entire movie and it's yeah. awesome.
2: It's yeah, it's 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 so funny.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's, almost like two and oh. a half hours of it too. Like it's a lot of movie. It's so good. <laughs> Is it
2: really that long? It's Holy long. Shit.
0: Yeah, I remember it being long. Um Goodwill Hunting. I like that movie.
2: I liked Goodwill Hunting, yeah. Uh I like the scene uh where Uh, it's probably the only Ben Affleck scene I like, but it's the scene where they're at the construction site and Ben Affleck's like, dude, you can't waste, like, you're actually smart. You can't just fucking waste your life doing this crap. Like you actually have a gift. Stop being bitter and go use it. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I like that movie. I thought it was good.
0: Yeah. Robin Williams is good in that too.
2: Yes. Oh yeah. Very much so. Uh,
0: Event Horizon. That's a movie I actually saw recently on an airplane and thought it was pretty rad.
2: Oh, man, that movie kicks ass. It's so, it's, that's top five horror movie of the, of the 90s, I would say.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I hadn't given that much thought, but just without thinking, yeah, heck yeah.
2: Really freaking you good. You Larry Fishburne. I, I thought that, that movie is legitimately terrifying to me.
0: Yeah. Um, and the effects are nuts in it, too. Yeah,
2: yeah. C- considering the time. And yeah. Sam
0: Neill is, like, super devious in that. I was kind of blown away. Yes.
2: And Larry Fish.
0: Yeah, Larry. I don't know. Was he Larry? I think this was Larry. This was pre pre Lawrence. I think he was still going by Larry. Was
2: he? Was he still Larry Fishburne, or was he Lawrence? Fishburne I think
0: he was Larry point? then. I just call him Larry. I think Fish, he went full like. La- uh, full Lawrence uh, Matrix. I think it was a couple years okay. later. Yeah. Uh, Fifth Element. You know, I might be the only person that's just kind of you know i just kind of like whatever about that movie. But there's a lot of people that really love it. Maybe I just need to watch it again. I don't know. It's full of
2: fun characters. Yeah. Uh, It's it's the multi pass girl. Uh, It's it's um, what's his name as the villain uh, who looks like Elon Musk. What
1: The hell's his name? Uh, Oh, uh, Gary Oldman.
2: Gary Oldman Oldman looks like Elon. Don't say that. What? No, in that movie, he, he reminds me of Elon Musk. I think it's the hair.
1: Yeah, he's got this weird like comb over kind of thing going on. Yeah, it's a movie that's got like a lot of fun parts to it. But overall, it's kind of a mess.
0: Yeah, I remember not being able to really follow it too much. It was just a lot of funny haircuts. <laughs> the fifth haircut.
2: And uh, a lot of Bruce Willis uh, squinting at people, <laughs> which is what he does best. Yeah. Um I remember in 97 when I was putting this together, um I didn't actually I've never actually seen G.I. Jane. I Me mean neither, but it was a big but deal. But I remember that being a big deal at the time cuz it's like, oh, here's Demi Moore this like
0: speaking of haircuts. famous yeah.
2: beautiful actress and she's going to shave her head and it's like now that's not a really that big of a deal anymore, but uh, at the time that was a massive kind of thing. Like that was like the big promotional gimmick for that movie. Yeah, that so. was huge. I
0: didn't realize that uh, Viggo Mortensen played opposite of her in that. Whoa, yeah. really? I had, I had no idea. Yeah, I've seen that. that. That's kind of interesting. He didn't come on my radar until Lord of the Rings.
2: Well, I don't think he came on like anybody's radar whatsoever until uh, yeah, freaking
0: Aragorn is in <laughs> G.I. Jane. Yeah. It changes everything. It does. That's interesting. Uh man, Austin Powers. Am I the only one that loves it? Oh, I still do. You do? Okay, good.
2: I still like the first one. Yeah, all right. It's I like funny. the first two.
0: I man, I'm I'm an all three uh, guy. Sign me up for a marathon. I can I can have fun with all of them. It's you, the same you, jokes you on gold, repeat, but well, I'm in it. I'm in on it. You do gold member? I do <laughs> gold. I love it. He starts eating his skin. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. <laughs>
2: I can do the first two. I saw the first uh or I saw the second one in the theater with my first girlfriend so i've some you know fuzzy happy memories of that but um yeah that was uh the Austin Powers movies um that's another one of those things where it was like so unexpected mm-hmm. but like a huge deal eventually like it just built to this
1: yeah one became like a cult hit through like you know being released on movie like vhs and then by the time right. 2 came around like everyone loved Austin Powers so that was like a huge monster hit so
2: Right, yeah. The second one was the whole theater was full when I went to see it. I was like, what the hell is this? But um yeah, by the time the third one came out, uh the bloom was off the rose at that point.
0: <laughs> uh I need to I really need to watch this again. I'd like to see if they hold up. Uh and then Copland, is that that's a Stallone picture. I love Copland. That was a big deal too. That
1: stallone. It was
2: a big deal because it was like the super serious Stallone movie, cop movie. And it's got one of my favorite movie scenes of all time in it, where Robert De Niro is sitting behind his desk, leaning back, chewing on a sandwich full of mayonnaise. He's got mayonnaise on his mouth. Oh, yeah. He's got lettuce. He's crunching on a bunch of lettuce. And he's, like, trying to talk. It's, like, the most dismissive... Way to talk to somebody. He's like, my hands are tired. I can't do anything. (laughs) He just takes another giant bite of a sandwich. (laughs) And that leads to the infamous, uh, I gave you a chance
0: to be a cop and you blew it. You blew it.
2: And he takes another giant bite of a sandwich.
0: Man, you're making me want a sandwich. It's like one of my...
2: Oh man, I want it. That, that is like the ultimate trivia question. Like, what is in this sandwich that Robert De Niro is eating? It might be a, It might be like a, a pita, kind of a deal. It might be a year, a hero, or something oh. like that. But it, But he he's clearly enjoying it, he, and he's very annoyed that Sylvester Stallone's character is interrupting this sandwich eating quest that he's on. It's, it's, it's just the way De Niro is so dismissive. In that whole scene, <laughs> he just keeps chomping away on his on his lunch. is so freaking funny to me. It will never not be hilarious.
0: After we record these, I always want to go watch one of the movies that we talked about, and I see that this one's on HBO Max. I might fire up Copland tonight. Uh-oh. I'm gonna zoom Ooh. in on that sandwich. I'm gonna report back with what I can tell. I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna okay. see what's on there.
2: It, there's a lot of mayonnaise. Yeah. There's a lot of like gargled. You know, there's a lot of like throat phlegm. Oh, I
0: can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> it's great.
2: All right. I gave you a
0: crop and you
2: blew it.
1: You blew it. <laughs> I, I have that.
2: I just love that scene. It's so good. Uh, and it was
1: like so hyped up, but like so panned by critics too. Like it was considered a disaster, yes. too.
2: Yeah, it that's right. That's a good point. It's Stallone was like, oh, Stallone's not just being Rocky anymore. Now he's gonna be like a serious actor again. And like this is his uh his big chance, and it's like eh. It's. I, I remember uh, I used to watch uh, Siskel and Ebert all the time when I was a kid because it was the easiest way to catch parts of movies that uh, weren't in the previews. So I, I would watch and I remember their, their feelings of Copland was like basically just like what you said. Like this is just pandering. Like this isn't very uh, – <laughs> this is just Stallone trying to pander to people that think he can't act. And uh those people are right. But uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't mean it isn't awesome though.
2: Oh no, it's great. I I I, it's, it's thoroughly entertaining. It is a really entertaining movie. I really
0: liked it. I could just hear Alex quote it maybe and have more fun than watching it. But you blew it. I don't know why it's so funny to me. Um, all right, notable events. So this is the the part of the show that can oftentimes get somber, and uh, we'll lead off with. Uh, 1997 was the year that Princess Diana died in a car accident while being chased by the paparazzi, and I have a vivid memory of this because my mom, uh, she was a follower and fan of of Princess Di, um, had read the books and had kind of kept track of her throughout her. Uh, her life and since uh, she had been uh, in the royal family. And I remember my dad uh, leaving a note for my mom when she woke up because my dad read the newspaper like at five o'clock or – I don't even know if news- the newspaper had been printed yet, but my dad had it like an early copy somehow. <laughs> uh, but he like had the news and then he – I think he, he knew my mom would be devastated. He didn't want to like face her over it, but he left her a note to say, hey, just to let you know, there's some bad news um, because he had had to go out. So I remember her finding the note and being upset. So I remember that moment and it being a big deal in our home uh, that this had taken place. Pretty upsetting. Yeah. Do you guys remember? Did you guys have moms S- that were in a similar? Yes.
2: My mom woke me up for school that morning telling me that Princess Diana had died. Uh, my mom was – she wasn't that upset. She was just like kind of confused. Yeah. But – um. She, my mom was one of those people that had the. Uh, f- for some reason, she had the uh, Princess Di and uh, Charles wedding on VHS. Like I think every recorded. mom, every mom had
0: that. As like, I know, right? That came with like, why, moms, but when you um, became a mom, that you like got downloaded as part of like your package that was your install package you had that that was your out of the box you had that you had a fluffy perm and a cigarette <laughs> and you had that
2: <laughs> but yeah it, but she, i don't think she ever watched it no like nobody watched it
0: yeah no nobody. they didn't watch their own wedding tape they just had them they're like me they collect <laughs> shit it's
2: like oh i have this and but anytime I, I like raised the question of like, hey, can I tape uh, Charlie Brown Halloween? No, you can't. <laughs> That's Princess Diana's wedding. Don't you dare tape over that. It's like, okay. Fine. Oh man. But um I remember yeah, people no shame
1: grand for the beanie baby, thinking that was gonna be like a uh, retirement fund there. Would,
2: oh, oh Jesus. Oops. Oof. We're still seeing that too. It it just depends on you know. We, we're still seeing that with video games, with baseball cards, with with everything. Funko but,
1: Pops. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. oh
2: man. Don't get me
1: started. The new Beanie Baby. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Jim, did you have a, did you go through something similar? Did you have a mother, Jim?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you, I mean, it wasn't. They didn't wake me up or anything like that. But it was a thing where my parents would watch the morning news, like Good Morning America, through the local news, like mm-hmm. every day. So. Every morning was six hours of straight news. So for a good <laughs> two months, that's all they talked about sure. the entire time. Wow. You couldn't escape it. But yeah, like mm-hmm. to your point, it's like, I'm glad you didn't wake me up because like if you told me now, like if Princess, like if Kate Middleton died in a car wreck, I'd be like, okay. Like I wouldn't even care now, much less when I was 11. So I'm glad I didn't get woken up over that.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the
1: the circumstances
0: of her death are like not great. Like she. Oh, it's pretty fucked up. T- yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah. To get away massively. From, from people that. wanted wanted to get in a scoop one
2: thing i found interesting in looking up events that happened in 97 was that this was the year that smoking uh like the tobacco companies like shit hit the fan like they had to pay 368 billion for states to drop lawsuits uh for lying about health hazards of, of smoking and people forget that that was a thing like that was <laughs> That's maybe more of a 70s, 60s, 50s thing where the tobacco companies straight up lied to consumers mm-hmm. about the health hazards of smoking.
1: It helps you lose and weight. It's great. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> gives you a burst of energy. Like it's so bad. And you like,
1: look so cool.
2: <laughs> Never mind that your skin turns brown and that your wrinkles sink into your to your face but your super so nintendo like doesn't
0: I'm turn freaking... brown right just your
2: oh goodness <laughs> oh you super... got to bring that up that is a myth by the way
0: that I is know. not That's because said. of smoking That's what i said i did read the other day there was a uh, uh, a guy i think it was in china who ran a marathon or like, like maybe ah. even more than that decathlon something like that he ran a long way chain smoking and finished like for a good time for a 50 year old chain smoker he's been
1: kind of the Talk of the in anime. three hours. And he's done it like five years in a row, too. I saw that same thing. Dude's a, he's, a, he's literally a train. Well, dude, do you ever watch like the old Ninja Warriors and these guys are doing all this crazy athletic shit while smoking? <laughs> no, but, but I'd they're love smoking to. like in between rounds and like they're all winning the championship and like climbing Mount Midoriyama and all that. Man,
0: I guess, I mean, their lungs are probably in good shape because they're like up against the worst possible conditions constantly. So, um, speaking of, uh, indulgences, uh, our uh, well, I don't know about hour, but when you love
2: your segue, I know I fucking can't <laughs> live
0: without them. one of my all-time favorite comedians, uh, Chris Farley, uh, passed away in 1997, and I just got done reading his. Uh, it, it's kind of a biography. It's it's interesting the way that it's written. It's written by uh, I believe his brothers in coordination with somebody else, and uh, it's just mm. quotes all the way through. So it's quotes from really, yeah. It's huh. there's not really much of a narrative. Um, it's just. But, but it's really well done in that there is a topic, and so it's, it's like, here's a quote from Chris Rock. Here's a quote from...
2: Uh, so it's like an oral history.
0: Sort of, yeah, and it's just like accounts of, their account of what he was going through at each point in time. And it's really well done because, again, there's no narration, but you still feel like there's a story, like a through line of uh, what's happening through his life as they people come in contact with him. I think it's pretty well done. I would say it's probably better done as an audiobook Um, and they have multiple um, multiple narrators there to give you the feel of different people reading so it's not actually Chris Rock reading to you it's uh, someone else but uh, I thought it was it was really well done it gave me some insight into the guy's career and especially the later stages of his life that I was unaware of which is absolutely tragic but Chris Farley was I mean, who didn't love Chris Farley when he was in his heyday, right? You know, right when Tommy Boy hit right after SNL and sort of that like two year window where we just got like some really good Chris Farley shit. That was uh, amazing. Gone too That's soon right. for sure. But 1997 was the year, uh, December of 1997. And I remember hearing about that when I was in class in like seventh grade and all of us seventh
1: graders were completely devastated. Like, holy shit. We love yeah. this guy. How could this happen? And all of his like contemporaries loved him too. Like if you talk to anyone who ever worked with him, they all have nothing but like amazing stories to tell about him.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Unless they had the babysitter. Yeah, uh, a few.
1: few uh, <laughs> There's a few moments
0: in that biography where they're like, "Oh, don't leave me with Chris when he's like this," uh, and you know why at the end. But um. But yeah. Oh yeah. Gl- I'm sure. Gl- glowing reviews of the guy's personality. He's just absolutely wonderful with like kids. He ever he answered and and was gracious with like every single fan that came up to him. Just solid, uh, solid dude.
2: But yeah, to, to Jim's point, um, I listen – I'm a big Saturday Night Live like fan, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. So I, I – I, most of my YouTube recommendations on my feed are just like old SNL people like telling stories about like other cast members, whether it's like John Belushi or Chris Farley. Everybody loved Chris Farley. Like everybody said – like whether it was Dana Carvey or Kevin Nealon or uh, Al Franken or whoever, they're like, yeah, Farley is the uh, Norm Macdonald was, yeah, th- I think the biggest proponent saying like, yeah, Farley could get a laugh doing anything. Like that guy was amazing.
0: Yeah, and what's interesting in that book is uh, like Norm Macdonald and even like Brian Dennehy and John Goodman, like it, it, pretty much everybody he worked with. Uh, has something to say in in that book, so I highly recommend that book. I'm wow. I'm not here just yeah you know the publishing company didn't send me onto the podcast tonight to shout it out, but I just finished it today. I think it's awesome. So if you're in a, if you're looking for uh, a little bit more about Chris Farley, you, you know how it ends, but the the ride through his career is is pretty fun to listen to. Uh, and then there's Heaven's Gate. Holy shit. I re- I remember that and knowing I was too young to know more than I needed. I'm like, I'm done. What you <laughs> – the little bit that I heard, I was like, I'm just going to leave the room and go outside and shoot hoops. Uh, this is disturbing me. <laughs> just uh, one glance at that guy's face. Yeah.
2: It's all it needed. It's all you needed. Apple, Apple White, I think. I think that was his name. Yeah, Marshall Applewhite. Not Marshall Apple. Isn't Applewhite. that a quarterback Wait, that for like Texas?
0: Like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is Marshall Applewhite. Why does that sound like he plays quarterback for Texas? Who are we thinking of? Is his name Marshall Applewhite? It is, yeah.
2: Oh, shit. That does sound like... There was a quarterback, though. You're right.
0: Uh, I'm looking it up now because I'll never... I don't want to ever get that confused again.
2: (laughs) I thought you got me there. Wait,
0: are there... I was totally... Oh, wait, that's... Okay, here it is. So the cult guy from Heaven's Gate Cult, which we've not really explained, but they were a religious cult that was... Uh, they committed a mass suicide in 1997 because they wanted to catch a ride on the Halley's Bop Comet. Uh, you can read more about it. There's tons of uh, documentaries that will explain it much better than I'm going to be able to right now. But uh, his name is Marshall Applewhite. The football guy is Major Applewhite.
2: Oh, okay. Oh. There we go.
0: Big difference. Yeah. Understandable why both of us are like, wait a minute. <laughs> Marshall, the cult guy was not a quarterback, was he? Um it- <laughs> <laughs> I, I've learned more about uh, the the cult uh even recently and it is uh wilder than I ever uh, imagined. I, I don't even I I don't even want to say like I encourage everyone to go look it up because I don't. But uh there's some I guess I'll say. All you need to stuff. see
2: is just that guy's all you need to see is that guy's yeah, face. Yeah,
0: that's it. I think the website that they use is still actually going to. It's it's weird. Um so that happened. And then, Alex, you put a, You have an uplifting one here that I like to see uh, round us out.
2: Yeah, there's an Iowa family that had uh, septuplets. I don't know if actually
0: now and I don't know all... if that's uplifting or not. I would probably jump off my porch. <laughs> I agree. No, One's I remember
2: enough. this. Be- <laughs> I remember this being a big deal that uh, they had uh, seven kids at once, and they're all still around. Uh, awesome. Presumably in Iowa. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're like an entire yeah, it probably uh, sucks for them. Like an entire but, uh, electoral no. vote
0: in Iowa. That's. I make that same joke about Slipknot yeah. too. I'm, I'm stuck on. Oh jeez. Yeah.
2: yeah, they're. What's crazy is that they're all 25 now, and yeah, they're that. all. Wow. None of none of them look similar at all. They all look like completely different
0: people. Uh, it's like, yeah, that is wild. I see a picture of yeah, them here. Yeah, that's cool. That that has like today Show. yep, today show. I was gonna say that is that is a today show breaking news segment. Oh jeez. hundred percent. Well good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Alright, so uh T V shows. T V shows are pretty good. It's a pretty good list here. Uh kicking off with one of the uh one of my favorites. Still going. Still going strong. South Park.
2: What were you guys' impressions of South Park when it first Came on the air.
0: So, blew my mind. Yeah. but blew, <laughs> Really? Number one, blew my mind. Number two, it was such a craze at school. And we didn't, yeah. we didn't have, there were like a few kids in in my grade that had Comedy Central. They, I don't know if they had like special cable, but they would all like talk about it. And they would tell <laughs> me, they're like, do less now in South Park. And they would like tell me, and I'd laugh so hard and be like, man, I've got to watch this freaking show. And I remember our cable company did a thing where you you could call them and vote for the next channel they would put into the package. And I believe it was like wow. It was like TV, shit. Yeah, you could call and you would vote for it was Comedy Central, I think TV Land, um a, a couple like like a history not the history channel but like a, something like that like the ID Sci-fi network, or something. Something yeah. like that, you know, four channels that kind of came out around I guess this would have been like 98. I've never heard of that. It was weird. Uh, and I called like from everybody's phone I could get a hold of to try to get Comedy Central I was like dude we have yeah. to band together and fucking do this like I had all the kids in town were on it and somehow they still fucking gave us TV land like all the old people
1: <laughs> oh no oh you got Gunsmoke instead
0: <laughs> uh, you got Gunsmoke yeah. Green Acres which is <laughs> a lot, was a lot of formative television for me for that very fucking reason but oh, um, a year later they finally did give it to us so then I anytime South Park was on a oh, I lost my fucking mind. I had to be in front of the TV to watch it, laughing hysterically all the way through. I fell off of it like twelve years ago and never went back. I have a lot of catching up to do. I hear like it still has some really great moments, but um, even at the yeah, time, it's I taken
2: some it. weird turns, but it's still it's still solid when it's it, it's only like ten episodes a year now. I think yeah, it's it's still pretty interesting. Awesome. Jim, wasn't, what are what are what are the,
1: your uh, wasn't the first sp- episode like after the Super Bowl? I think Family Guy did the same thing, but for some reason, I want to say like South Park debuted after the Super Bowl, or am I completely making that up?
2: I have no idea. I'll have to, I'll Google that. But, uh, yeah. Jim, what are, what are your, um, South Park memory, like, what was your impression of that? I
1: remember when the- he was freaking out at the aliens at the very end. That was one of the hardest laughs I ever had in my life, um, in my <laughs> formative years. Like Cartman was? Like, no, when Kyle was, oh, after Kyle. they, like, took Ike back up to the alien ship. And, like, he tried being, like, he, like, he did that, like, little typical, like, cartoon, you know, like the sweet boy voice trying to, like, reason with him. And then they just walk away. And then oh, he starts going into, "Hey, yes. you scrawny looking fuck!" And he just like starts bleeping for like five minutes straight. <laughs> I was crying at that. Yeah. That was like that was probably the hardest laugh I had in my life since like the Dumb and Dumber diarrhea scene. Probably <laughs> that's a class. Just, Jeff Daniels on the toilet. That is a class. Uh-huh. Oh, we reround that ten times in a row when we ran. So. <laughs> that is but, yeah. Like I was, I was hooked ever since. I remember it felt like it was forever between seasons back then too
2: it really did yeah that's a good point it really did because i i think that was they ended their seasons like really they had like a kind of a weird schedule it went from like uh from the spring till i want to say like december or like till november and then uh, there was nothing for months and months and months and then suddenly it would pop up again and like whatever, March or April or whatever. It yeah, it was, was like
1: seven episode spurts and then it's gone for like eight months and then it's back for another couple episodes. It was weird. Yeah, hmm.
2: yeah. So I I was the too cool for school kid. I I hated South Park at first because I didn't watch it and I resented its success because I, I dismissed it as like, oh, this is just a bunch of little kids cursing and stuff like that. And then I actually sat down and watched it and it was the Barbra Streisand mecca versus uh the robert smith mecca uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and i was hooked after that cuz it was so incredibly stupid that i loved it and of course uh uh what was the the monster that had uh, tv's patrick duffy as a as a leg oh scuzzlebutt scuzzlebutt yeah uh, th- th- that was great um th- th- and what's crazy to think it's really strange to go back and watch those early episodes cuz it really actually was cardboard mm-hmm. or not cardboard but like uh cutouts and construction stuff construction yeah. paper cutouts yeah and shit like that and it's like how can you make a show like it just blows my mind that they they were able to do that as well as they did and yeah, this show is still incredibly well written.
1: Yeah, there's still like a timeless, like quaintness to those like early seasons too, where before like it just became like everything was just some topical thing, right? So like, yeah, now like a lot of like mid-tier episode, mid-season or mid-run. Now it's been on for twenty years. It's like oh, okay, that was very of the time, but like you watch the old ones and you're like, ah, shit, this is still funny because it's you know Scuzzlebutt or Tally or something snake during yeah. the Fourth of July and all that shit. Yeah. Well, and Scott Tenderman must die. Yeah. Uh, or the P episode, the greatest episode of television ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, so many, so many good moments. The, the Scott Tenderman must die episode
2: uh, it, it always sticks out to me because Radiohead is, <laughs> is
1: All right. There. Oh, I look at the they little baby. Sh- oh, you're going to cry, baby? <laughs> That's the most,
2: like, what the hell? That's the most, of, of an, an episode complete with what the hell moments. That is the biggest what the hell moment of, uh-huh. of all of them. Yeah,
0: it's great. They definitely go places. All right, next up, King of the Hill. And I, oh, I'm i in the middle of the King of the, uh, King of the Hill rewatch right now. Oh, right Dude, on. they hold up, man. They're still f- so funny. Yeah. So funny. Mm-hmm. I love how. Where are you right now? Uh, I think I'll have to season seven. So, so is uh,
2: Lucky there yet?
0: Mm, I don't think so, no. Okay. No. Um, and I, I have to admit- He's one of my favorite characters. I do watch them. The guy voiced by Tom Tom Petty. I do watch who, them- Who dates Luann. While mm. I'm uh, doing other things, so I'm kind of in and out of them usually. But dang, man, I, uh, I had forgotten just how funny they were. I think at some point I just got kind of burnt out on King of the Hill and never went back. Hmm because it was kind of all over the place um uh, in its time but going back now like Hank Hill he, you know he always he always finds a way at the end to come around to the right side while still <laughs> saying some of the most ignorant shit you've ever heard in your life and it's so amazing it is so amazing and boomhauer still makes me laugh i i love that there's things that there's types of humor that i didn't outgrow because he makes me laugh as hard now as he did when i was a chubby little 11-year-old kid watching
1: it so, love King of the Hill. Like, I was such a Beavis and Butthead fan that, like, I hated King of the Hill at first, but then I came around and I was like, oh, wait, this is actually really, like, this is a lot better in the long run. You know what? <laughs> like, it's such a I'm better show. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm with you. I'm totally, I totally get what you're saying with that, because it's like, oh, this show is the reason why Beavis and Butthead doesn't exist anymore. And right. I, I hate it because of that. But once I saw it, I, I was laughing my ass off. It's great. And you could argue that King of the Hill has aged better than... I, I would definitely you, say it has. It definitely has. Yeah. Yeah. We also had Oz in 1997. If if any of you folks were uh, privy enough to have the uh, pay channels, uh, HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, all that sort of stuff, uh, Oz was the uh, prison drama really freaking messed up, like
1: no show before or since y- Either you guys watched that? No. We had an illegal cable box, but I never watched Oz. I think my parents might have, but I never got around to it. I don't think I was allowed to, even with the uh, the hot box. <laughs> we had a hot box. It too. was pretty nice. bad.
2: It was it was pretty brutal. But uh, well, so we'll just skip past that one. Then we'll just make sure to mention it. But Lefemme Nikita, did you guys watch Lefemme Nikita? USA Network. If you watched wrestling,
0: after all, yeah,
1: eleven oh five.
2: You got inundated with the Fem Nikita. Oh my god, I love Nif. Lefemme. It was the perfect like cool down show. After a, a hectic Monday night <laughs> of WWF Raw and WCW Nitro, you had Lefebvre Nikita there to like kind of cool you down. It was it was perfect. Got, I loved that show. You, I've seen probably every episode.
0: You got your Sunny D and your Cracker Jacks. You're still pounding <laughs> after your long night. Yes. Yeah. I remember watching the yes. first like ten minutes of a bunch of those because of that and being like, oh, I yeah. probably should go to bed or watch the PJs. I liked
2: it. I thought it was good.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's just me. Good stuff. I didn't get enough into it to know, but...
2: Uh, yeah. It didn't hurt that uh, Peter Wilson was...
0: Was uh, ridiculously high, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right on, right on. Uh,
1: Pokemon? I've completely whiffed on all the Anybody, Pokemon. Pokemon? I, I pulled in Alex. I was too cool for school at that point. Me too. I was like, yeah. oh, this is kid shit. I'm not doing this. And then, like, eventually when I was 19, I finally went around and played the games, and I was like, oh, these are fucking good. <laughs> yeah, same. And exactly. now I watch the but- show all the time with my kid, and I'm just, like, getting into it with her. Oh, nice! (laughs) Like we just watched the episode where like Pikachu was like going to go with the other wild Pikachu, and my daughter's like like she's having a meltdown, thinking Pikachu's not coming back, and I'm like (laughs) trying to calm her down, and I'm like sitting there like sniffling, going, "It's okay, Pikachu's he's still here."
0: (laughs) I kind of had the same experience because kids younger than I guess the three of us were real into the gaming craze much more than we were um so i didn't i missed the show too i've never seen the show but i did get into the games a little bit a few years back and i was like oh yeah this is crack cocaine like no wonder all the kids uh, in the grades younger than me were addicted to this shit i totally get it now oh yeah well
2: yeah the games are perfect handheld games oh yeah they're perfect like pick up and play uh for five minutes and then put it down and then that's it that's all you do it's yeah they're
1: perfectly designed for that i don't even like jrpgs and they suck me in (laughs) yeah yeah they're
2: uh the gateway drug uh (laughs) and then me being a dork i had to point out the berserk anime uh was 1997 because that's one of the best anime series i've ever seen it's brutal and crazy and uh it it changed my perspective of how like animation could go so if (laughs) Hey, listen, you listeners! If you have any great <laughs> <laughs> memories of the the berserk anime, let me know. Send me an email.
0: Uh, now to teen uh, or just cool food fads, beverage trends, all that cool stuff. We got lifesaver holes. Who who asked for that? Was it one of you? We didn't need that. Me? You wanted you wanted the holes. <laughs> I liked lifesaver holes. I thought they were
2: cool. Uh, I. I... <laughs> I had those all the time. They came in those little clear plastic things, and I, I liked having them.
0: It sounds like an insult. freaking lifes! <laughs> it sounds like something you would call a lifeguard. You lifesaver holes! Lifesaver holes out here trying to watch the beach, trying to keep us kids safe. Goddamn lifesaver holes! Uh, fruitopia. Uh, that was. I remember. I don't know how I don't. I don't know how I still have teeth after as much Fruitopia as I guzzled. Uh, we had a Fructopia machine in, in my school, and boy, did I drink a lot Whoa. of that.
1: Oh, man. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, man. Just, yeah, I went to Catholic school. We didn't have anything. No sugar for you, huh? Nope. Whew. It's the devil's <sighs> juice. <laughs>
0: Dude, it is. It, I think it had seriously, uh, and I might be overstating here, but I think it had 9,000 grams of sugar in it. It was insane. <laughs> At least. Yeah. At least. You might be underselling it. Yeah, you get one diabetes every sip. <laughs> <laughs> you get a every, every bottle's a toe. <laughs> yeah, just one little diabetes. Uh, I don't know what squeeze-its are, but that's on this list. What the hell's a squeeze Oh, those oh, are those I things. Uh, my yeah. childhood
2: friend had those where you twist off the top. Uh-huh. They're like these plastic things, and then you... They're just little bottles that you uh, see, get. they are It's basically just freaking Kool-Aid. Oh, right yeah, man. again,
1: of pure sugar juice. That's
2: all it was. Yes, that's right. Yeah, one, '90s all about sugar juice.
0: All about that sugar juice. It's either
2: sugar. Sugar came in different forms. They either came in lifesaver holes. They either came in cubes in cubes like Starburst. They came in little caplets like Skittles, or they came in drinks like uh, Squeezes. Mm. And uh, we also have Gushers on here. Oh, Gushers! Dude. Uh, Gushers were really strange and gross, but uh, I like them. I still, uh, like that, I still like them. still like I never have them anymore, you- but I still like them. And I do. <laughs> it, it's a texture thing. I do kind of
0: like them. It's kind of nice.
2: You bite into them and the uh, and you the juice bursts out. Yeah. It's it's an it, it's a very good idea for a snack. That's for sure. I I have to agree with that. I want to like and then we also a whole bag of gushers oh, at ahead,
0: once. Like I want somebody to bet me to do that, and then I want to try to do it and see what that's like. Like a whole bag. <laughs>
2: No, it has to be yeah, it has to be a bag from actual 1997. Yeah,
0: 1997 like Costco sized bag of gushers and just pack oh, as many there's my Patreon mouth. content for you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Then I will just throw up and die. And then uh Alex was about to talk about Surge, which another again, I don't know how I've never had a cavity cuz I chugged Surge. I remember uh, getting Surge and there, my my buddy lived like you know, I grew up in the mountains in the woods. My buddy lived like 3 miles for me as the co- as the crow flies but it was like a like an 8 mile trip by car our parents just didn't want to stop drinking long enough to lug us to one another's house so it was like I'll just walk to your house so I had to walk through like you know trespassing land cow pastures through barns over it's like a trip to grandma's house so there was like <laughs> a wolf on the way you had to you had to pay a toll to a to, uh, to a troll to get over a bridge. like it was a whole thing and i remember like packing my, like i not that long of a trip but i packed my backpack like i was going on like a 4 week hike and it was just Surge and video games. Like, that was what was going to sustain me. <laughs> and I remember just lugging tons of Surge on this trip uh, that I took, like, once every two weeks to my buddy's house. So, a lot of fond memories of Surge. Discontinued um, in 2003, but made a comeback. I hated Surge. Yeah, I don't even know why. I think I liked I th- it just because it, was a, it looked cool. It was just a cool thing.
2: Well, I just didn't like the taste. I thought it was terrible. Like, it's like, if I want, if I want to rot my freaking... Throat and teeth and brain and mouth. It's like I'll do that with Mountain Dew. That's that's what I was going to say. Available.
1: Yeah, it was just burnt Mountain. Same Dew. Same
2: thing, just less less gross.
1: Just and like more sugar and caffeine. I think was Surge too. Somehow it's even worse for you than Mountain Dew.
0: Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Yeah, there's a reason it got discontinued, but it made a comeback uh, not too long ago. You can find it in some some spots.
1: I think it's still at Burger King. I think that's like the only spot you can consistently get it now. Uh, I might have to i never I haven't tried it since the comeback
2: that would make sense because Burger King is trash.
0: <laughs> my man, <laughs> my man has opinions uh, best selling
2: books. I don't like I don't like Burger King. listen yeah. let's let's do this right now let's let's go what's your best fries like uh, best fries I mean, I don't know. for uh, like fast food places? maybe
0: uh, is Burger King
2: gonna ever be? Number one on anybody's rankings for
0: best fries.
2: No, there's no freaking way. I, mean,
0: I don't go there for fries. I'd maybe get a Whopper or something. Yeah. What? I don't mind a Whopper. I don't go there for Whoppers. Just
2: I like wh- just go to Wendy's and get you some get a like, Whopper double stack nonsense. Go to Wendy's
0: and order a <laughs> Whopper? What do you think? I get shot. What are you think? <laughs> Can I get a Dave's Whopper, please? Dave's, Dave's Big and Juicy Whopper? Uh, uh, They're all the
1: same.
2: I just... I. Burger King fries are just offensive to me.
1: They're they're so bad. Offensive, really? I think like I think they're fine. But we actually offensive. just talked about no. this on my show because someone asked that question and uh we're like, yeah, like everyone like jerks off McDonald's. And McDonald's can have the best fries, but they can also have the absolute worst fries, and it just depends on the batch. Yeah. Where McDon where Burger King's just kind of like a consistent Yeah, it's all right.
2: I agree with that. Uh I think McDonald's wins people over because of the sheer volume of fries that they have. Uh, But Burger King fries are the devil. They're fucking trash. (laughs) And they're lumpy and gross and weird. Give me a lot of burger fries. Give me... a lot of burgers is not a national thing. I no, now, think, see, now you're yeah, just, have you're the just
0: making up things you think that we're going to believe. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> randomly am just randomly fries is uh, uh,
2: If I had to... Oh, man. Uh, I guess I, I would have to roll with Wendy's for best national fries. But uh, yeah, I, Burger King fries. Burger King anything is just gross to me. It's... I don't know if it's like... Uh, and it, I, I'm imposing some so- sort of bias or whatever, but... Nah, you hate royalty. Pass. You, all you things you,
0: Burger King. You hate royalty. You've made it clear tonight. You're not a fan of royalty. And that's fine. That's okay. Good. Don't like the Kang. Piss up a rope, ro- royalty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking of royalty, uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone uh, was the best-selling book that year. It kind of makes Or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on your region of the, the globe. Uh, but that was 97. And it's kind of wild to think that Harry Potter... Uh, was ninety seven? It feels, I guess, if you think about it in movie terms, uh, it feels a little bit younger than that. But ninety seven was when the first book came out.
2: I think the movie came out like a few years after that, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah it was like
1: early two thousands for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Whole a whole per- generation of personalities based off that damn book in ninety seven. <laughs> so we have that to blame.
0: I, I remember reading the book uh, probably in like two thousand. Uh, I I stayed um, with my sister who lived in Ohio, and I I did like a weekend trip to go hang out with her. And she had a daughter who was, like, maybe three years younger than me, and she had that book. And I, so they didn't have enough room for me to stay, so her daughter stayed in her room with her, and I stayed in the daughter's room, and I was bored because they went to bed at, like, 8.30, and I was like, God, what the fuck am I going to do in this place? And she had the book, and I was like, oh, I've heard about this, and started reading it. And then, this is fun. A lot of wizards and shit, fucking little kid under the stairs. Did you read the rest of them? Yeah, I did. Uh, At that point, I had friends that also read them, too. We were all nerdy about it, but... That didn't go past the movies. I didn't watch any of the fantastical beasts things or any of that stuff.
2: I thought the I thought the books were fun uh, until they got away from the school aspect of things. the The whole reason I I liked the idea of Harry Potter was because of like oh it's a school for magicians. I was like oh that's that's interesting. Like oh you, you, and not only that, but there's like a whole freaking like college into it. Uh, initiation of like going down this like alley and like picking out your wand and it's like oh that's cool that's cool that's cool once they got away from that I'm like I'm out this is just like basic bitch like action movie stuff like no thanks yeah I'm kind of
0: with you like the I think it was like the sixth fifth or sixth book kind of lost me a little bit I finished them but it was kind of painful because it was just like horcruxes like they're just hiding like magic things and squirrels and like under ducks and it's like what the
1: fuck is going on what is this <laughs> shit i don't even
0: understand
2: i just didn't care after <laughs> like a there's a
0: magic boot like, in the fine, bottom of the of want. the water that we need to find and like uh, okay all right that's wild um <laughs> and then there's tamagotchis i remember that being like a big deal i remember kind of wanting one just because everybody else had one but then realizing like no nah, i don't really want to feel bad when like a battery dies so
1: no
2: Yeah, I I didn't know what those were. I just put that there because they were popular. super popular. Yeah, same. I never
1: had one one either. I was just like, I don't feel like taking care of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, screw that. There was an allure about, you know, it's like the craze. You see the craze and you're like, man, everybody's got these damn things. They must be awesome. Then when somebody explains it to you, you're like, oh, well, I would rather not. (laughs) No, no thanks. Actually, (laughs) I have a cat at home that does the same thing. So I'll (laughs) I'll just do that. All right, let's get to some emails and wrap this up because we're we're hitting some we're hitting some 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 minutes here. Uh, we got uh, first email is from Buff nine eighty five. No subject line, too buff for subject lines, and understand. He says, uh, having lived in different parts of America, what is one thing that only exists where you live now that you would take back to where you were from, and vice versa? And I'm going to have to bow out of that question because I only moved an hour up the road from where I grew up, and it's not very different at all. So, what about you guys? Same. If you, oh, oh, this is all Alex then. Alex, you've you've gone somewhat cross country. What would you t- What would you take from home, uh, your original home, to where you live now? So
2: all the pressures on me for this one. Let's, let's hear um, it. Um, first one uh, is Pizza Luce. It's my favorite pizza place, uh, in the Twin Cities area. I would bring that down here to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, can I bring like my family down here? Like my brother? Because my brother is my best friend. <laughs> and uh, his family, because they're awesome people and they kick ass. Sure, and we'll allow it. You know what's funny? Uh, when, when I think about this, this doesn't have a lot to do with the question, <laughs> unfortunately. But this has me thinking about um, uh, a time in my life when... Um, I was working in downtown Minneapolis. This would have been hmm, early 2010s, like 2000. Yeah, basically 2010. I was taking the train, the light rail, from um, Fort Snelling all the way to downtown Minneapolis. The way it went was I, w- I would do put in my time at work. And then I would go on the Internet and see what tickets were available at the Metrodome. Uh, for Twins games and I would buy the cheapest one there I, I it usually be like last row way up in the upper deck And right field like nobody nobody sits up there and especially this would have been uh this would have been like 2010 2011 something like that this is like Nick Nick Punto era Twins uh so I ended up uh just Every single day, just buying a ticket to a Twins game, taking the light rail from my workplace over to uh, the Metrodome and just going over there and watching a baseball game. I, I didn't give a shit who was playing. I didn't give a shit like, who was there or whatever. I was just so happy to just be there. And buy a dome dog <laughs> with a, with a bag of blaze P- chips, and for for something like four dollars, and it was like the greatest bargain of my life <laughs> because it was like wow, I don't have to spend more than ten dollars on on dinner tonight, and it was amazing. I remember having really strong opinions about Twins pitchers at that time. <laughs> I remember having. Very strong opinions about uh, Glenn Perkins right? in particular. And his french fries.
0: You thought his french fries were shit too. You're like, Glenn, you're fucking french fries.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Glenn Perkins is the Burger King french fries of Twins. I knew it. (laughs) Starting pitchers. I knew it. Yeah, he was terrible. But once he became a closer, the guy was freaking money. Just great. But yeah, I loved going to Twins games after work and just like sneaking down or you know going down to the lower bowl and doing whatever i was just by myself i didn't care i i had nothing to do i was living with two other random people that had their own random lives i i, I didn't matter i was just Okay, let's let's go to a Twins game. Let's see what happens. It was so cheap. It was like less than $10. Man. So, it's like why not? Why not do this? So, you're
0: saying you want to you want to move the Twins to Albuquerque. The Albuquerque Twins, you think?
2: Yes, I want to move the Metrodome to Albuquerque. All right. Yeah. We'll see if I want I want the $10 baseball ex- professional baseball experience to Albuquerque. Let's, That's what I would like I'll to do. I'll
1: start writing letters tonight. We'll see if we can do it. You know that is yeah. great like the tail end of uh the last season at Veterans Stadium like the Phillies were garbage. So every yeah. every game was like like you said 10 bucks and since it was the last year of the stadium every game also would give you like a bobblehead and they'd give you like 3 because like only 10,000 people would show up so you would just make a <laughs> killing when you were there. All right. Uh
0: let's I'm going to skip to the last uh the last email here. We're going to make it a speed round, all right? This is from Robert Auguste de Meyer. Uh, he says, uh, letters, boom, shakalaka. Uh, howdy, lovelies. I was wondering if you have played any of these games, and if so, would you care to give your opinions on them? In my book, they're all amazingly good. And so I want to go through this list here and just say whether you've played it or you've heard of it, you haven't heard of it, you liked it, you didn't like it. We'll just make it super quick. Uh, the First one here, Cruelty Squad. I haven't heard of it. Never heard of it. Nope. All right. Tunic. Have heard of it. Heard it's pretty good. Have heard of it. Never played. Nope. Never heard of it. <laughs> Every day the same dream. Haven't heard of it. Never heard of it.
2: I've heard of that one. Uh, never played it.
0: Automaton Lung. Never heard of it. <laughs>
1: never heard of
2: it. What a terrible name for a game. What the <laughs>
0: hell is that? Jeez. <laughs> it's almost as bad as Near no, Automata. No, that's not good. No, I have, I have not played that. All right. Final Fantasy Ultra Champion Edition. Never heard of it.
2: Yes, I've played that.
0: Good? Bad? I've never heard of that. Did you like it, Alex? It was good?
2: I think it's like a fighting game, isn't it?
0: Seems like it would be. Alba, a wildlife adventure.
1: Never heard of it. What? <laughs> nope, never heard of it.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, wait a second. I know what th- where this is going. Final Fantasy. Uh, this is... I, I should... Okay. Robert de Meyer is a regular emailer. He is sneaking in his... Uh, he has worked on Final Fantasy Ultra Champion Edition at, on ROMhacking.net. Oh. It's, it's, a, it's a ROM hack oh. for certain stuff. Sneaky that's what he's trying best. to do. He's yeah.
1: doing some sneaky plugs.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And yes, Robert, this game is good. The, your hack is excellent. Thank you <laughs> for your service.
0: Very good. Does that mean we can stop here? <laughs> We could skip down. I, I, I Hi- guess Hyperlight Drifter. I've heard that's good. I've heard of that? Never heard of. Never heard of that one. Huh? Hyperlight
2: Drifters on here? Yeah, that's a good game. I've played that. That's like a really good like Zelda type uh puzzle bullshit thing.
0: He says, uh, "Okay, gotta go. My girlfriend and I are going to a burlesque festival, and we have to dress up." Let mm-hmm. us know if you want picks. Uh, we do, I think. Uh, email those. Make sure that you tag the email as such so that we can be prepared when we open it. And uh, Please he, throw them on here. Yeah, he says, Gangster Boogie, Robert Auguste De Meyer. Thank you, Robert. Always love getting an email from Robert. And I think it's going to close us out, guys. It's been a long, girthy one. Been a real long, girthy one. Uh, Jim, thanks for hanging out with us. Please plug your podcast. Let us know what you got planned for it, what all has been going on with Drink a Beer and Play a Game.
1: Uh, yeah, so, uh, my channel on YouTube is called Drink a Bear and Play a Game where we, we used to mainly be a video game review channel and where at the end we would give a beer recommendation with all of them. We still do them. We're plowing through all of our Patreon review requests this year. So we've played some really good stuff and some really terrible stuff. Our fans like to watch us suffer. So, uh, <laughs> in between that, we are doing our, uh, fucking, uh, we've done Sneaking and a game called Lady and a Leotard with a Gun. That's actually upcoming. So. <laughs> Sneak Kings. 50 cents in a PlayStation store. That tells you all you need to know. But yeah, um, <laughs> besides that, we are doing, uh, what do you call it? Our podcast weekly. It's called the Power Hour. The worst name you can give to a beer related podcast because you're buried with a thousand other ones. So just check us out in our socials. add uh, a beer and a game on Twitter or drink a beer, play a game on Instagram and Facebook to find it. Uh, yeah, we go through the week's news. Uh, we, you know, talk about what we've been playing, what we've been drinking, and, you know, answering questions from the patrons and everything like that. So, it's a good time. We do it. We've only missed like two weeks, I think, this year. So, it pretty much as close to weekly as possible for two guys with kids.
0: Good job. Right on. Good job. All right. Yeah, excited to see what you guys are up to over there. And uh, that's gonna be it for another Drunk Friend podcast. Uh please head on over to Polymedia Network. We got more podcasts over there ourselves. Uh Tales of the Lesser Medium, Polykill, we got point and drink adventure now with uh with Pam and uh Petey, formerly of another Power Hour podcast. And we have uh IndieQuest, Uncle Doug's DVD Ben, and if you like Goosebumps books, we've got We Got Goosebumps, so Check all those out. And if you'd like to email the show, if you'd like to reach out to Alex and I on here, you can send an email to drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com.
2: And if you're not interested in sending an email, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and a review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll uh, that'll
0: help us out Big time, <laughs> man! That's not even the place you usually fumble. Uh, you, can zab, zab, zamb, nah. you can find us all on social media on Twitter. i Trav plays games. Alex, of course, is drunk, and you can find Jim at a beer and a game. Right on, but we're not done. We because we have to talk about the track that you
2: hear right now. It was composed. <laughs> Floor. And it's called an Electric Starbound. and you can find more of his music on the BuzzCraft podcast page. And it's a shout out to Josh Leslie for his question logo. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. God, get us out of here.